up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Hey, it's Ricky Carmichael, and you're watching the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome back to another episode of now the Vital MX Moto X Pod Show presented by Racetech and Boyson Factory Racing. This is episode 254, and we're really excited about the next evolution of the show. I want to thank our new title or new presenting sponsor, starting with Boyson. In 1972, Boyson revolutionized reed induction performance, and to this day, the name is synonymous with superior performance, quality, and service. With the Boyson Rad Valve, maximum power can be achieved through air intake, acceleration, and distribution. In motocross, the factory racing clutch covers are an iconic symbol of performance for all racers. We're excited to spotlight Boyson Factory Racing's Rider Support Program, a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their new product development test riders. Boyson offers custom engine performance modifications tailored to each rider's needs. Join the community of Boyson Factory Flyers. Take your performance to the next level with Boyson for 2023. Visit boyson.com to apply now. Also on board as a presenting sponsor, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company with over 35 years of providing factory-level suspension to everyday riders. In addition, Racetech engine services provide machine services, parts, and tuning for many of the world's fastest privateers as well as OEMs and factory teams that they just can't talk about. All Racetech products are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Well, guys, I'm still in sunny SoCal, so we're recording at the Vital MX Studios tonight, and I have a couple of fellow Vital employees. First up, my boss, Michael Lindsay. What's going on? I'm very frustrated. Why are you frustrated, Michael? Because we were supposed to be doing this live, and life sucks. Well, I mean, we are doing it live. Is, I mean, streaming, though. Right. Well, technical issues that were working last night. Everything was fine, and some other people showed up, and then it didn't work. I hate myself. Oh, well, you're probably not the only one. All right, next up, the British invasion has begun. He's come to mix things up, take Vital to a new level. Lewis Phillips. Hello. That new level may be worse than before, but it will be a new level one way or another. I can promise that. <laughs> you going to get us there? To. What's that, sorry? You're going to get us there? Yep. Whether it's good or bad, I'll get you somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying um, to get taller right and now. And I'd like yeah. to just I'd like to just confirm you're doing very well so far. I've never listened to the Moto X pod show, so I'm watching with an eagle eye, and so far you're doing really well. So go you. I'm scared. You have me scared. There was a word that you stumbled on. I can't remember there was what a it couple. was. Synonymous? I think you Synonymous, said, yeah. comprehension, oh, I think I messed up. That's fine. I would, mean Would you like to speak about words that you better. like to speak, Lewis? No, that's fine. We'll, we, We're I'm, fine. We'll He's doing there, well. Michael. He's doing well. That's we'll, what we'll, get we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Lewis's his uh, English lesson. He's doing well. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, but first let's thank all, all of our sponsors that helped make this happen. On board for 2023, X-Brand is back. X-Brand has quietly grown as one of the premier goggle choices available, used in some of the most grueling conditions by the 2022 GNCC XC2 champion, Landon Snodgrass. Landon Snodgrass. You guys are making me, Lewis is making me nervous. The 2022 GNCC ATV Pro Champion, Bryson Neal, Factory Huskies, Craig Long, 
Babbitt, Kyle Saki's Josh Strang, and Grant Baylor. On the super, Supercross side, Chris Blows and the AGE Motorsports team, Freddie Noor and John Short, Ryan Brees, and Bubba Pauly, all trust X-Brand. So take it from the company that makes the premier goggles for Alpine Stars, worn by Hunter Lawrence, the factory ride goggles worn by Muckoff FXR Club MX Yamaha, the WUSA goggles, and Ronnie Mack. All wear the best, wear X-Brand. Visit your local dealership and ask for X-Brand distributed through WPS. Guts Racing's on board. Andy Gregg and the boys over at Guts Racing crew have been providing the latest and the... <laughs> providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they've added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup as well as the color teal to the gripper material options. ML, you want to get a teal seat? Uh, I think I'm good. Think you're good? I like red. I might, like put red. A, I might just have to put a teal seat on the Husky with my purple bars. You would. Let's roll it. Also new for 2023 are options for e-bikes. They have complete seats for Teleria and Super 73 and covers for the Segway and Suron, and they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husky electric bikes. Visit GutsRacing.com and order today. FXR is on board. Designed by racers for racers with industry-leading fit and finish and performance progression is the name of the game with every new piece created. At FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best products possible. 60 Helmets is on board. W, dis, w Wheels. ML, these are long reads. Why are you to, doing them all at once? Yeah. Motul, Luxon, Prox. Spread it out, man. We're going to spread it out. Dude, it's, it's, it's a new, new year, new sponsors. We've got to get it figured out. But tonight we have uh, Red Bull KTM Factory Racing's Aaron Plessinger coming on and Team Honda HRC's Colt Nichols coming on. But first, let's cover some of the topics from A1. In the Boyson performance intake segment, Eli Tomac wins a one ML. Are we in for a year where where Eli just like wraps up early? I hope not. I, I'd like to see a, a championship battle, and I mean, you can't judge too much off the first race, albeit it was a, a pretty surprising uh, performance. But I don't know. There's there's still so much to play. You can't count out Chase Exon. Cooper Webb showed something we were all hoping uh, to see from him. Lewis Eli. Goes out, leads, decides to crash, give everybody a chance, gets back, gets back up, still wins the race. He looks really comfortable on that 23 Yamaha. Yeah, it disappoints me because I don't want him to be comfortable right now because I want good racing. And if he's comfortable, then the chances of good racing are less, which upsets me. But going back to the question that you asked, ML, I see struggles in the future. I put on my psychic <laughs> goggles, X brand psychic goggles, and I see it's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows with the new bike in the next month. What makes you feel that way? I don't just, know. I'm just, just want clinging, it to happen. I'm clinging He's to clinging any sort for of hope. hope. <laughs> we just don't want to see this go away. I have no insider information. <laughs> the only the only insider information we have is it is a 23 Yamaha 450. Uh, a few of us. Could you ask... Maybe the question would be, is Tomac going to be feeling blue here in the not-so-distant future? <laughs> or, or will he continue in his current fashion? Or will he be feeling blue here in the not-so-distant <laughs> future? Maybe 10 days or so. This is a great, I, I'm loving the future headlines. Is that, no, 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 no that's, not, that's not what this is. It's just a play on words, which everyone will see in a not-so-distant future. 
I, I don't. Why would he be blue? You think? Okay, he, you've missed the joke completely. <laughs> <laughs> you've missed the joke completely. And moving. No, I feel like you're saying he's going to be sad because his performances are bad. So, he's going to be um, blue. Yeah, but I'm sad. also playing on something he else. A, a blue motorcycle. I know that. Oh wow, this is. Oh okay. The train is off the track. Off the I tried to bring intelligent humor you to can't. the Moto X Pod Show, and it gets thrown this is in my how face. You were rewarded. <laughs> this is how you were rewarded. Yep. Well. We had we had some time in the the Yamaha pits and they were pretty strict this week. Time? What time did well, I, I get spent? In the okay, pits. I spent some time in there I got and then I no got time. asked to leave. I got time at the two fifty truck. I did not get time at the four fifty truck. I went over there for a few minutes, shot some photos, was asked to leave, and you had to yeah, uh, educate me a little bit. Barging in, you're just like, I got have a camera now. I'm gonna walk in pits and just start taking pictures. I always just walk in. Ne- never have had a camera. I didn't know there was all these rules that you can't just take pictures. How did your pictures go? I thought they went well until because I was Friday was not good. You were semi-emotional <laughs> on Friday. What? Dan, Dan Colvin, Tool Man Dan comes up to me and goes, "Dark Side with a camera looks stressed, stressed." He said, "You know what? I'm not stressed with my iPhone." Yeah, <laughs> I was. I've never shot photos before. It's way more complicated than most people think, and they were not coming out well. Thank with you, because your... most of us photographers just walk around and look at each other and say, "Oh, that's a nice camera. Did you buy that at Walmart? Does it take good pictures when you press the button?" All right, well, I've learned some lessons. Not to just take pictures when bikes are being worked on, leaned over on their side. That was a new one. Didn't know that. You saw some pictures I took, and you're like, did, did you really take those? Uh, my reaction was a little more aggressive than that. Exactly. It yes. was well-warranted. <laughs> it's new, man. I'm learning. Lessons must be taught. All right, let's talk about Cooper Webb. On the podium, second after a poor start. He started off like 10th, I think, in the first lap. Apparently stalled the bike. Still comes back to second place. Cooper Cooper back? I, I still need to go back and watch the race and figure out where he stalled. Like I said, I miss that. Said that in the press conference to him. Like, oh, you finished the first lap in 10th. He's like, oh, yeah, I got it. I just thought I got a terrible start. He's like, no, I got a good start. I stalled him. Like, hmm. Completely missed that. Shows how good I am at my job. Apparently not so much. Um, no, the <laughs> ride was excellent on a, on a track that was very... Very deceiving, I think, for TV, really how technical it was in terms of almost every rhythm lane had potholes, trenches, things that were throwing the guys off. Um, you've just had a very stereotypical Cooper Webb ride. Insanely consistent, not really the fastest guy at any point, but again, that's Cooper does, does what he does. Lewis, is the Cooper of 19 and 21, is, is this like a every other year? What, what do we got going on? I'm glad you asked me that because I have some statistical information. Oh, fantastic. For you. That man. Um, Step man. Well, he finished second at A1 last year, 2022. And you may be wondering, is this second place different to last year's second place? We're all wondering that, aren't we? Yes. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was good. I liked that. Well, <laughs> last year at Anaheim 1, he finished second place with the eighth fastest lap time. In comparison, he had the fifth fastest lap time this time around. Better. Last year, his fastest lap was eight tenths slower than the fastest lap. This year, it was only three tenths faster than the fastest lap. Better? Yes? Yes. Woo! Uh, the viewers are um, still trying to see if they caught, they caught, kept up with your comments. What? They're, they're doing the math in their head right no, now. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, it's fine. They can, back, they can we're, rewind. We're fine. <laughs> rewind, and, rewind. <laughs> and um, also, last year, throughout the main event, he was not the fastest rider on any single lap. However... This year, he was the fastest rider on four of the 21 laps. So that, my friends, is better. That is. So I'm hearing he's going to win the championship. I I am 
I he, was. He has another wagon to drive. Give him in a minute. I was. Yeah, I, I do. I am driving something else quite aggressively. But I will say this: before A One Press Day, I was on a simmer with Cooper Webb. It was just simmering away. I'm. There's more of a fire within me on the Cooper One Cooper Webb front now. I will say that. Not as much of a fire as the other wagon that I am driving aggressively all of the way to the top of the podium. But, and just it's not a wagon, it's a ship. <laughs> He's just carrying him. Just um, Okay. But Webb, no, Webb was very good. Webb was very good. Uh, signs are a lot better than they were at A1 last year, even though the results are the same. And yeah, I think it's encouraging. I think that he will be a threat for the title. Is he for favourite? No. Is he the fastest rider? No. Is he going to be in the mix? Yes. I'm curious who the, who the ship is that we're... Oh, we'll get to t- it. Okay. Me. Well, right. I recommend that you tune into Vital MX because if you'd done that, you would know. <laughs> um, you would know where Lewis stands on yes. things. He, he's he, Trust me, it's very obvious if, if you've ever heard him. I have. I know. Uh, <laughs> he said on a, on, in the press conference, I asked him about the bike changes that were made to make improvements. He basically said everything on the bike was changed. He just started listing off every part that he could yeah. think of. Chassis, suspension, yeah, cams, exhaust. He just I, I like, see Lewis is already about ready to ask. <laughs> well, first of all, that was a good question. Thank you. Second of all, did you notice his body language when he answered it was sort of a ha-ha? Like, it, was a, oh, yeah. it, it expressed right confidence. Whereas last year, I think if you asked that question, he would have sunk into his seat a little more Ugh. and said it in a, oh, no, we're really, we're, yeah, we're really searching. Whereas he said it to you in a way that was like, yep. Yep. Look at us. Look at us. I've tried everything and we've got it. Yes, yeah, so I think the body language was interesting there and it was a good question from you in the press conference. Thank you. We have not seen that bike in a real significant whoop situation yet. Eh. Eh. I don't really care about that. Okay. <laughs> I think the, the tough part is... <laughs> I love this. This is the, great. The thing I find interesting, like listening to Coop, is he talks about, I don't think he really particularly cares too much about about whoops he just wants to be able to turn down and kind of figure it out from there he says as long as you can get me a bike that can turn i can and he said that in the press conference so i'm more worried about that because there's so many rounds where it doesn't matter if he's not the best guy in the whoops if he can keep cutting down every corner and go everywhere he wants to again to me he's probably the best tactician on the on the track picking and choosing his way around it i I swear while everybody else is playing checkers he's playing chess kind of common Mm -hmm. as, as cliche as that sounds um, so if he can d- put the bike where he wants, I really don't care about whoops. He would have to be pretty far off in the whoops, I think, uh, to disparage how good he is everywhere else right now. Yeah, I, I, it's exciting. I wasn't expecting that out of him. After seeing him in Paris, I just kind of figured it. I didn't think they'd improved much, but it seems like significant work was done between Paris. Oh, he said it. Yeah. He made a comment about they were still really far off at Paris. Like, he was pretty open on that. What I liked which made me laugh, is in the press conference on Friday, Ian Harrison, when questioned about Paris, I think, he said that, oh, we made we made big progress in late October, which actually doesn't add up at all because um, Paris was mid-November. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> so, wasn't, it wasn't enough for there. Yeah, um, I was, because when I was sat there in the press conference, I was like, oh, okay, that's good. And then I got home and I was like, Wait, no, that's not, <laughs> that's that's not good. Yeah. But <laughs> if, if Paris was the big progress, <laughs> then that's bad. This would be one of those moments where you wish you could ask really 
kind of jerk off questions in, in it where you could be like, so did you leave that set up at home? Well, no, I, I, don't, I think, <laughs> no, I think. Did you not if, ship it? Did you if, not ship that suspension? That if you it? had connected those dots in the press conference, I don't think it would have been a dick question to say like, well, what happened? Well, how yeah. does that work? Yeah, because like, it didn't work. Um, but obviously, I guess maybe that maybe they found something in late October and then they were waiting on a part for three weeks and then that arrived. They didn't test that until after Paris. I guess that's possible. Um, but yeah, it just made me laugh because the math didn't quite add up on that one. Track conditions. We hear all the time, A1's a weird round. You can't really, you can't stamp anything from A1 for what's going to follow. How much of the track of track conditions, Lewis, do you think had an effect on the race? Uh, an effect on the race. Obviously, there were more mistakes, so that's why we had such good racing. Do I think it had an effect on the results? I don't know because Tomac won, which isn't a surprise, and he would typically win in any conditions. So I guess you'd say no on that front. Although, maybe the situation would not have presented itself for him to win after crashing had the track been a stereotypical dome, um, perfect supercross track. I think that the fact that he was able to come from his crash to winning again was helped by the fact that he was more measured on the track compared to others who um, made mistakes. Well, I wonder if the conditions weren't as aggressive as they were if there wasn't, again, all the potholes, roads, everything is would Webb, Webb's ride been good? Because I think me and you both agree on it quite a bit is that he was so consistent that night when everybody else was making such huge errors. So would Coop have gone as far through the pack if, if we would have had a mellow or A1? I think so. I think he's still like... I liked two. what I saw. I did too. I'm not I'm not trying to like play down. Like I would just say like if we didn't have as tore up a track. I'm not saying Webb wouldn't have an amazing ride. I just don't know. We, we got well, a, a third or a fourth place Webb, not well, maybe a second. Look at it this way, Ben, I guess. Um, would Webb have caught Mookie if Mookie didn't crash? Potentially? Potentially. Yeah, okay, so maybe that's one position. Um, would he have caught Barsha if Barsha didn't crash? Yes? I, I think, think so. Group yeah, would uh, have. yeah, okay, so that's... so that Like, you yeah. get what I mean. If you, yeah. if you start to look at what the track impacted, really there's only one position that's questionable for Webb. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh... How impressed were you, though? We saw the track Friday at press day, and it it did improve as far as it, they got some of the moisture out of the ground. They took a ton of mud out Friday, I think, and, and they were trying to dry it out. Yes, it got very ruddy. They were talking about, like, curbs almost, types of uh, bumps in the faces of the jumps. The track ended up better than I thought it would. I, I was genuinely impressed considering, yeah, I kept seeing the loaders come out with just dripping buckets yeah. of wet slop. I was like, ah. I thought that's trans- what we would have. Transition be soft. Now, what is tough is part of what we, again, couldn't see on TV is the place that was toughest on the track was the bottom of the transitions. At least that's what most of the riders were describing uh, when I was asking about the track again. I think the jump, the jump faces themselves were sealed pretty well. Um, any of the softness issues we had were down in the bottom of the transitions, which again, a lot of times on TV between the tough blocks, the way it shadowed the camera angles, you can't see how bad it is, but every rider kept using the term curbs. They said the, the holes in the, in the GIs were so bad. They were like hitting a curb. Lewis, what'd you think? Were um, you impressed? Dirtworks uh, never surprised me now because we've seen them pull off some miracles in the past. So all week I was like, it'll be fine. And to be honest, up until earlier today, I was even in my mind like, well, maybe Oakland would just be fine in the end. They'll just just wave the wand. Yeah, like it. I um, yeah, I um, they never cease to amaze me. Yeah, I think they would have really struggled with uh, what we have coming in Oakland. But yeah, they they do a really good job. I thought we were going to have a mutter. We did not have a mutter. We just had a really rough track. 
But right now we've got Red Bull KTM's Aaron Plessinger on the line. What's up, AP? Oh, not much, man. Just hanging out. How you guys doing? We're doing good. We're excited. Uh, this is kind of a new generation of this show running through the Vital MX forum now. So we're, we're kicking butt. I think we're going to improve some things. Glad to have you on the first one of the year. Right on. Yeah, I'm pumped to be on. So listen, I'm going to say I think you were the surprise of the night, Saturday night. You look more aggressive than I've ever seen you indoors on a 450. Just talk about that. I don't think any of us really had you, quite honestly, being that aggressive and looking that good. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I uh, I got to be. I, um, I've been uh, kind of the nice guy the last few years. And, um, I mean, it's worked out sometimes, but uh, I don't know. I uh, got a different feel for this year. I really want to. I really want to get on the podium and um, I think being aggressive is the only way to do it with 13 or 14 guys that, that potentially can, can get on the box um, in this class. So yeah, I, uh, I feel good. My body feels good. Um, the bikes get better and better. And then uh, yeah, why not be aggressive and go for uh, go for it in the first few rounds? Well, yeah, it's going to take that to get the, to get it in the start, to get some points, to get some good positions. Um, you passed Jason Anderson in the heat race, like twice, I think, because he got you back, you got him right back. I, I literally, I was surprised, man. Like, nothing against you, but when you look at the field, you start picking where you think guys are going to finish. And, you you know, I think you said in the press conference Friday, like, you believe in yourself. But, yeah, you have to get everybody else to believe in you by seeing some results. And although eighth, you know, you're inside the top ten, I, I think you could yeah. do even better than that just by the way you rode. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do think I could have done, uh, you know, a little bit better. Uh, I was in, you know, top five position, and then uh, Jason got me back after I passed him, and then um, Dylan got me. And, uh, yeah, I had a little tip over there uh, about midway, and and a bunch of guys got by me. I fell back to 11th and then came back to 8th. So um, I could have done way better, but uh, just some things that I didn't capitalize on and then, you know, the start didn't really help me out that much um but no i i really feel good this year um i'm coming in with uh you know a vengeance of last year i i season got cut short and um i didn't like that so i got some stuff to prove uh to myself and to uh everybody else so um yeah i'm shooting for the front hey p i was curious um when we were talking KTM intro a few weeks back and we were talking a little bit more about your bike setup, what you're looking for. I think it was Ian Harrison that made the comment that, uh, you, he brought three different 450 guys to the race with three completely different setups. Um, how, how different are you than, than Cooper Marv? Are you, are either of them closer or either of them closer? You or are you kind of out in your, your own area right now? Um, to be honest, I, uh, I don't really know where, where those guys are. I, I know how, um, Coop kind of likes his bike uh, to where he can turn it really, really sharp and, and um, not have such a stiff fork. But me, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, squatted out in the rear, old school kind of stiff forks, softer shock kind of guy. And um, that's what I've been looking for. It's been kind of tough because uh, this bike, it, it really wants to turn on a dime. And I like, to where I can roll the corners, like not saying you can't with the, with this setup, but for me, I like a, a really stiff fork and uh, a little bit lower of a shock or a rear end, if you would. Um, 
but yeah, I, um, if I had to say, actually, I've, I've heard the guys say that I'm, I'm a little bit closer to, uh, Marv's setup than, than Coop's, but, uh, overall, I, I don't really know how close we all are. Like Ian said, I think, uh, we're all pretty, pretty much on different spectrum spectrums. If you go, uh, bike setup wise. That is always crazy here because you, you think of a, a team and some of the just stories you hear over the years. Usually one of the worst things is when all the riders get off on, on their own. But, uh, you know, we talked about it. Me and Lewis did quite a bit for review shows. And, and I said that overall how the Austrian bikes in general performed this week, I thought was was one of the most impressive things. And especially with all you guys being on on different setups. So it's really cool that not only one of you guys have kind of figured out your bikes, that you're, you're all heading that direction. Um, so curious with the ride you actually had, yeah, just, you know, I'm sure the actual number on the main event with the, with the tip over isn't what you wanted, but coming out mm-hmm. of a one, were you fairly satisfied? Like, could you walk away with your head head held high and know you're, you know, you're, you know, you can build from it. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, for the most part, you know, initial thoughts when I got back to the truck was like, damn it, man, I, I had fifth, I had, you know, fourth right in front of me. And then I was right behind Coop and, you know, he got second. So I was a little bit, I was a little bit sour at first. And then, um, you know, when the guys came back and and told me I had like, uh, one of the fastest laps of the main and then, you know, I was pushing forward and, and, um, yeah, that, that made me feel a little bit better about my ride, but, um, you know, I, I, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to say, you know, eighth is, is good, but dude, with this stack class, it's, it's like, like I was only down for maybe 10 seconds at max and I got passed by six or seven people. So everybody is so close and so, so fast that, that, you know, I mean, a top 10 finish is good in in hindsight for the first round, but um, yeah, I'm looking to, uh, to have one of those, those breakout rides and, and like I did at Oakland last year, which, you know, I'm a little sad they canceled because <laughs> your boy likes the, your boy likes the mud, but yeah. dude, I, I, I've seen those roads and, and uh, it's not a pretty sight, but, um, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm pumped on it. I can build from, from a one and, uh, move forward from it for sure. The bike's obviously, um, a lot better this year, but nothing's ever perfect. So, what is something that like you're struggling with at the moment or maybe something that you thought would be great at Anaheim one, but turned out to be not so good. Um, I would say, you know, I not so much struggling with it, but just getting used to still, it it sounds weird for, for being on the bike for, for a year. It just, it's, I'm still getting used to the way this thing turns and um like i said it it turns like on a dime and um uh i'm i mean riding the yamaha for shoot 13 years or something like that it uh it didn't want to turn that that well and you had you kind of had to make it turn so i got used to that and then coming to this bike where it almost turns for you um when i go to lean in and and really plant this thing it's it's already almost spun around in a circle and i'm like sitting there like whoa that was (laughs) that was fast so um just still kind of getting used to that and then uh just uh i have a tendency of you know if if i'm not comfortable kind of 
just making big changes and and not really thinking ahead to the night show like if if i'm in practice and i'm struggling i make big changes right then and then come night show if those don't work out you know i'm kind of screwed so i've been trying to work on myself um doing not so big changes and and just kind of riding the bike which i did in in practice and uh it honestly really worked out for the first one and even the second one was really good so um i i think i might have covered it in an interview I, I i told somebody that um i'm i'm more so working on myself this year and not not so much worried about the bike um and it's it seems seems like it's paying off I guess um I guess the biggest problem is last year all of you guys were so worried about the bike and chucking everything at it each week that like you still need to learn the KTM in a consistent race setting where you're not going from one week to the other with basically a completely different bike like now is the time to learn what the KTM does when you're going from one week to the next with a consistent safe setup Yeah yeah for sure and uh and I think uh, consistency is is really key right now, and just learning how this bike works and and in every different kind of dirt, every condition, um, that's a, that's the biggest thing. So, yeah, I think you're you're right on that one. You mentioned lap times a little bit ago, and your fast lap. Um, I think average lap time you were less than a second off Eli, and there was a bunch of guys within that little area. So it's small changes, small improvements to make that up. What What's the first thing that you're looking to work on? Is there anything in particular that you're going to try to adjust, I guess, now before San Diego? Um, I think just uh, consistent laps. And, you know, when, when I make a mistake, just to kind of forget about it and not dwell on it and um, just move forward because uh, that's another tendency I, I have or I like to say had because I don't uh, I don't want to have it anymore. Um, is kind of dwelling on mistakes that I made and, and thinking about them, and then it ruins two laps and then three laps, and then you're you're stuck there getting passed by all kinds of people. So um, just kind of mentally preparing and and just kind of trying to move forward from from anything or everything that happens during during those uh detrimental 20 20 plus one <laughs> so do you do you have a tendency to let a small mistake kind of bother you for a couple laps like you kind of mentioned it but is that something that really you've struggled with letting things go um yeah i think i think so because i i do um or i i know i used to just mad at myself and be like dude why'd you do that why'd you do that and then I would come around the next lap and really try to not do it <laughs> and end up doing it again. So I, uh, yeah, I need to kind of just let stuff go and, and just focus on my riding ability. And um, I think they'll, they'll kind of work each other out. This is a deep question. Um, but you say, <laughs> <It's a> digging. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, you say you struggled with that stuff like mentally. Has that always been the case or has that been new since you got in the 450 class or maybe even new since you got on the KTM? Like, has there been a specific moment where that started? Like, I'm just thinking maybe with how competitive the 450 class is, that 
brought out this part inside of you where you are more hyper-focused on the small errors that you make because you know they cost you so much more? Uh, I, I, I do think I've, it's been a, it's, it's been a long thing that I've been, I've been dealing with, but I, I, I kind of, I do think since I've hit four fifties, it's, it's almost, uh, I guess grown a little bit more just in the fact that there is, you know, like I said, 14 or 13 or 14 of us out there that are potentially like top five guys and um yeah I, I definitely do think i think about it more just in the fact that there's more people out there um and they're all fast so um i think to answer your question i think i've been dealing with it for a long time but i do think it has kind of grown a little bit since i moved to the 450 class so I think all of us can agree here. Um, the news coming through today that Oakland has officially been postponed and rescheduled is a little bit of a sigh of relief because things were definitely not looking great for this weekend. But I, I feel bad for <laughs> some of you guys because I don't think that exactly <laughs> – it's it's somewhat relieving, but there's also still – I mean, we've had terrible weather down here all week to ride in. I know some guys were able to squeak out some, some riding on Monday, but then we've been kind of – Screwed by the weather. Um, I think there might be some more coming in late weekend and early next week. And I believe you might be out in California right now. Does that, uh, like, are you able to rest kind of on your off season and, and be like, oh, it's, it's fine. A couple of days aren't a big deal. Or do you feel yourself getting antsy and stressing and the team stressing? Okay. Where, where are we going to ride? How are we going to get this done? Cause it's also early season. I know everybody wants to make gains right now, wants to work on their, their weaknesses and be better for each round. Um, I mean, for me, I'm not stressing too much. Um, you know, we were, we were able to, uh, ride on Monday and then we were actually able to ride today, um, up in the high desert. And, uh, yeah, I mean, much as I do wish we were racing, I, I, <laughs> I don't even think the track could have been built. Honestly, I think it would have been about all the, all the videos and, and everything. And then, putting the weight of the dozer on that mud it's just gonna i mean i think we would be talking about a, a single rut track <laughs> if we could even get the bikes out there so um yeah I'm, I'm not stressing too bad i was gonna ask you you kind of joked about being disappointed that oakland was canceled but had it been <laughs> what you just said you even said i think friday in the press conference or you said it to somebody you were hoping it would stay muddy because that kind of benefits the way you like to ride, you know, a GNCC off-road style that you've used to do. So yeah, you were probably actually looking forward to going and riding in some water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always, I'm always up for a little rain, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it never hurts me. So, um, if there's a chance of rain at a race, I'm always praying for it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately this, this, this big rainstorm they're getting out there is, is really, really bad. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not too bummed. Right. We're, we're not going because I don't even know if they can land the planes out there. <laughs> right now. I mean, yeah. From what I hear, the, the, the bay's almost coming over the, uh, the land. So, um, yeah, it, it's I, uh, ridiculous. I hope it all drains back down. <laughs> I left rainy Texas to come to rainy California. That, that's not how I had it all planned out. You know, months ago when I knew I was coming out here, I thought I was going to be at the beach. You know, today enjoying some sunshine. It's ridiculous. But uh, 
the track conditions, as I mentioned, at Anaheim, they got really bad. There's a lot of ruts. I mean, they were down, we were here, it was down to the concrete, I think, in some spots, and just mm-hmm. one of the gnarliest tracks we've seen in a long time. Did you have any oh shit moments? Uh, no, like, no. I, I was kind of told the whole time, like, I, I, I do like that kind of, that, that kind of track that, that we had this weekend. It was, it was ruddy. It was, there was holes. It, it got really, really rough at the end. But, um, I mean, other than over jumping the triple, like the last five laps and into the breaking bumps, <laughs> um, I, I was, I was pretty cool. I was, I was actually surprised. <laughs> Good to hear. I was wondering, uh, I kind of asked Eli this, just like I was breaking down some sections of the track and we were talking about um, going from home base to first base, uh, that weird on-off single into the corner where you went table over single at double, how it G out. Like he was like, oh, that was so terrible. What what stood out for you on the track? Was there a section each lap? You were like, oh man, I can't believe I'm back here again. Um. That one was for sure bad. And then, uh, shoot, there was actually towards the end of the main, there was a hole on the face, on the base of the face of the first Supercross triple that I don't know if I just like would forget about it each lap, but that's kind of what made me over jump the triple, like five, the last five laps or whatever it was. And, uh, that was pretty bad. And then, the the on off triple quad, I I, I kept messing it up. <laughs> I made it like probably aim pretty good, but the other half I was like jumping the triple under or like casing the triple, and then thinking I was gonna do what Jason did in practice, and I was like just ease into this, <laughs> just kind of take your time with this section. But uh, that was that section was probably the most gnarly for me. Um. You're, you were talking about your past with Ferrandis. I, I might be for being a little forgetful here, but during the main, was Ferrandis, when he got by you, was that a pretty aggressive move? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I'd I be lying if I said I didn't deserve it. <laughs> oh, so you're saying I, there was um, uh, something before this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Through that through that section that you are talking about, Eli, uh, talking about um, – I came in the inside and where I was making all my passes in the heat race. Um, I came in a little hot and I tried to hit the brakes and then my front wheel kind of followed the outside rut. So I ended up hitting him a a little bit, but uh, yeah, I knew, I knew he wasn't, uh, wasn't too happy about that because I I, I felt his bike on mine. So um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, didn't kind of deserve it. I um I left Anaheim with one thought about you, and I was actually if I got to interview you after the race, which was a whole other thing, um, this was going to be the one thing that I was going to get across to you, right? So obviously eighth place is whatever. Who like who cares? Yeah. Like you said, you're a bit disappointed with that, but really, it doesn't matter, does it? Like you were riding so well that if you were riding that well and you finished twentieth, like who cares? Like the potential is clearly there for the next sixteen rounds, so you've got to be kind of licking your lips a little bit at what's to come because. Clearly, this could be kind of, like you say, that breakthrough year or weekend or whatever that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I, uh, um, you know, I'm, I feel really good. Uh, I feel my fitness feels good. My body feels good. Um, 
like I said, the bike is, is really, really getting better and uh, consistent. So um, I do believe this is, this is the year. And, and if I'm going to do, you know, if I'm going to be in the championship hunt, um, this is the year for it. Uh, I, I really want to, um, I really need to be there. And uh, yeah, I mean, my year got cut short and it seems like a, they've all got cut short since I've been on the 450. So this is, this is my uh, kind of time to shine and, and really, really put forth the uh the effort to go and win this thing um i i really believe i should be up there every weekend um you know my my starts weren't that great this weekend and i still came through uh in the heat race and then i was coming through in the in the uh main event it just sucked that i fell but um now i feel like i'm riding really really good and i just need to kind of execute execute a little a little bit better in the main and I'll be right there. You've touched on a couple times that this is an important year. This is a year that you feel like you need to go out and win. It's a contract year for you, correct? And and let's be honest, mm-hmm. there are not a lot of opportunities out there for guys that don't have rides. So you need to find a way to keep your ride, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's uh that's another thing. Like um it is a contract year and and I mean I, I I believe if I go out and, and ride like I know how to ride and do what I need to do, uh, it won't be a problem that that I that I find a ride or, or keep this ride. Um, but yeah, uh, this is definitely a you know a, a breakout ride kind of season yeah. <laughs> or a breakout ride kind of year uh, that I need to have. So um, yeah, I mean there's there's that little bit of added pressure, but uh, I feel like I I do a little bit better under pressure and um i uh yeah i'm looking forward to it so since we uh have this uh unexpected weekend off got any plans with family anything fun you gonna do or are you just gonna just hang low um i'm not sure my <laughs> my wife was was talking to me uh a little bit ago and she said this is uh this weekend we need to uh clean clean our clean our closet out from not being here for for almost nine months so (laughs) we might be doing that or uh who knows i could find myself on on the golf course or or kind of chilling um yeah i'm not i'm not too sure it's kind of unexpected so i have i have zero plans for right now (laughs) Uh, you need to tell the wife that roger called we have to test and then go play golf (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be a long day yeah (laughs) Yeah. hey i got one more question before we let you go Baker's factory. I want to know what the tension or lack of tension was like having Coop back between him and Alden, or is it all fun and getting not fun and games, but you guys having a good time cutting up to me, it feels like it would be a little, a little bit of tension, at least that first, those first few days. No, no. I mean, it, you know, I think they, they kind of through the differences and, and kind of squashed it the day that he got back. And, um, it's it's honestly been really really fun uh they joke with each other i'm obviously joking around um it's actually been a, a really really fun cool off season with with coop back and, and obviously mookie being around um and christian and myself and rj it's uh it's been it's been really fun and um that's i mean that 
I think that's that's why we came out and, and did as good as we did because we weren't, you know, focusing on the bike as much as we were ourselves and just kind of riding and, and having fun. That's good to hear. AP, I appreciate you coming on, giving us some of your time. Uh, you got a weekend off really, really early in the season. I don't think you needed a break just yet, but we will see you in San Diego and hopefully maybe we'll have some sunny skies and a dry track and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, uh, I'm pumped for it. I'm, I'm ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I'm chomping at the bit to get up front, man. I let's appreciate you guys having me on anytime, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See you, bud. Bye. That is Aaron Plessinger. I did not say at the beginning he's going to be brought to you by W Wheels tonight. <sighs> I'm a rookie. W is your source of all things wheels. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels as Eli Tomac, Dylan Ferrandis, and Cooper Webb, that is not right. Not Cooper Webb. Yeah, Cooper Webb. All three of the podium guys. All three of the podium guys. All three of the podium guys were on W Wheels. <laughs> W Wheels has the exclusive W Edge wheel set starting at $799. As the exclusive importer of Han, Kite, and Talon Hubs, as well as Excel and DID rims, we can build your dream wheels. Visit WUSA.com or follow us on Instagram to see some of the latest and coolest builds we have done. Make, your, make sure you mention the Moto X Pod Show to get a discount on your order. I'm going to test your wheel knowledge right now. What hub, oh we're, all, what hub we're all three of them on? Yeah, I, I don't have all that memorized yet. Go ahead. Tell me. All three of them are on kite. All three on kite. Well, I, it seems like that's the wheel you want and the hub hub and wheel you want then. W put all of their guys on kite, I feel. Oh, no, all of them. No, Not a lot of them are on Han. No, no, most of them are on Han now. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kite, it's, the majority. Uh, not too long ago, I was though, wasn't it? Talon for a long time and then started to move kite, and now they've got a really good relationship with um, Han, but they do a lot of, they do a ton of business, of course, with both brands, and then ton of Excel, ton of DID, pretty much anything you want, anything that's good. I also want to thank 6D. Since its inception 12 years ago, 6D Helmets has been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection from the original ATR1 to its successor, the ATR2, the goal was to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmet. The name 6D stems from the engineering term six degrees of freedom in reference to their exclusive patented omnidirectional suspension system that maximizes the ability to absorb and mitigate energy. The system provides protection capabilities unmatched by any other helmet or helmet technology. The helmet is the most important piece of protective equipment you will purchase, so visit six, visit 60helmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. Let's get back. We've got a few minutes, about 10 minutes before we get Colt Nichols on. Let's talk about Chase Sexton, Lewis. Oh, oh here we go. Right. This is it. This so, is the, the, wa- the captain. Is the, the captain is in the house um, now. Here we go. Well... Well, I picked. No, Lewis. no, no, no! I, stop, oh, let him. He's going. He's going. Well, I had to. I had to think. Really I had to think yeah, about yeah. this because okay. it needs a catchy name. Watson wagon rolls off the tongue. Okay. Hard with an S. Surprisingly, hard with an S. Took me a while. Um, the Sexton syrup. We're drinking this. Uh. But I decided that's <laughs> no. probably not the way no. to go. It's oh, like, no. So no, I decided no, no. that's not the way to go. So ultimately, I've decided on the Sexton ship. And yeah. I am the Capitan. And you're steering it. Yeah, I am the Capitan. Um, he said, you are the with, captain. With you your, are steering with the Sexton shit. It sounds very close to the Sexton shit. It's fine, because we are the shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, he is steering um, see, we are, like, like how I turn that around. No, um, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. 
nothing wrong with what happened on Saturday night. I liked everything I saw. Everything. Even the mistakes. Because old Chase Sexton probably would have tipped over and ended up finishing seventh. And I liked the way that he just backed it down, accepted that things weren't going his way, took what he could get. And I am fully on the Sexton ship now and forevermore. The old, the old Chase Sexton wouldn't have tipped over in a corner. He would have face planted into a corner and hey. swole up his... Hey. Ah. We won't stand for that slander around here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did, said, he did hold it together pretty well when yep. he... he it was muffed, great. He muffed that rhythm section, mm-hmm. gave Eli the mm-hmm. opportunity to get by him. You know, Cooper was just a predator. Yeah, he just hung in there, yep. took the podium. Yep. Again, I, I thought he was going to win, but he rode really well. I was impressed. I was happy with the outcome. So I thought he was going to win as well. But you know what? A 16-1 and one season is just fine too. 17-0 would have been great, but we are more than happy to sit here and accept 16-1. and one. I can tell wow. you, I can tell you uh, this, the, the man steering the ship might be a little more confident even than his rider. I, I, I would typically say that people should believe in themselves more, but when you have Lewis Phillips behind you, what, what do you guys say? The rest of the pack going to be chasing us. <laughs> How... So, ML, now I know what he does yeah, with his days. Yeah, he thinks of these <laughs> these say these slogans. ML, we were in the press conference post race. He was not happy. Uh, he was nah, mad. He was, he was like ready to get this press conference started. It was running a little bit behind, but I don't think that's why he was upset. He came in, I think, mad at himself personally, which uh, is a good thing. I'm sure. I mean, after outdoors, I'm sure he wants to prove a point. I'm sure he doesn't want to be making mistakes and and losing leads. It'd be one thing if he was battling his way through. The pack and made a mistake, you know, pushing, but when he had the control of the lead and has, again, it's not what we've seen before from Chase. It wasn't catastrophic. It was well-controlled. He rebounded better. Um, but still, there there was a little tinge of, of those mistakes. I'm sure that bothers him a lot. I, I I mean, he also, yes, he came off a great outdoor season, but he came off a season where he went down to the wire and lost it to Eli, and that, that still has to weigh on you in some shape or form a little bit. Yeah, I've I've been trying to set up an interview with Chase Sexton. Oh. Michael's been like for like months, oh, and he really? always wow. He, <laughs> that <laughs> sounds fun. <laughs> well, if I, if I get it lined up, I'll make sure you're part of it. Wow, <laughs> the captain. Oh. Are you? I feel like here? he has a little crush. <laughs> no, it's all fun and games. We're yeah. fun. Does he know that you're a big fan? Because you say everybody. You, no, he's you, never. He doesn't know I exist. Okay, he's that's just, what you I did keep interview saying. him at WW in 2017. Always been there. Been there since 2017. WW. Well, man, I'm I, I'm about to text him while we're. Do you talking want to know what CS stands for? <laughs> yes, what? clearly superb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna do a a text here in a minute and see if we can get him to jump on if he answers. No, that would be, be uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> no, we should won't. we should ask his teammate when we get called and does does Chase know who Lewis is? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Does, no kidding. Colt, I interviewed Colt on Saturday night and even he won't know who Lewis Phillips is. Oh, <laughs> oh no. That'll be that's my opening question now. Yeah, because I didn't sure. I don't introduce I'm really bad at introducing myself because I don't I find like like they don't care. Like I've ever since I started I've always operated on the assumption that why would I tell you what my name is? You clearly don't care. So I just yeah. crack on. I don't I, think I agree with that. See, he, he talked to Adam Cincirillo Friday at the press conference. Adam's like, hey, I'm glad you finally made it over here. Congrats like, on the new knew, job, he said. Yeah. He, we know he listens to Pulp a little bit. But then, uh, but afterwards, Lewis is like, he doesn't know who I am. He yeah, doesn't know like, <laughs> No, P.S. I told you this. When we were at the Cowie Test Track, he was excited that you were coming over. Yeah, I, to, be honest, about he doesn't to be honest, that. with our intense negotiations, I thought you were just telling me that shit to try and get me to <laughs> sign. Oh, oh, you, you figured out that some of the things I sent my <laughs> I, text were fake. Well, I ain't no oh. fool. <laughs> well, 
I only told you truths about how much you were wanted here. Yeah, I don't. I don't no one cares who I am. No one cares. I, I'm, well, I'm not thinking you know who cares. We're gonna. They get may into not you. care that you're here, but there are people that know of you. And we're gonna talk about them later. Mm, okay. Well, you know, CS clearly superb, clearly superior. It works in many ways. <laughs> we're gonna get more to you, about you, Lewis, here in a clearly little bit. Clearly successful. Your fans and. <laughs> They're going to keep coming, trust me. Okay, before we Can't get to- stop! <laughs> okay, all right. I wanted, I wanted to get into Ken Roxon, but we've got about three minutes before we got to get Colt on. Get, he'll, get, so, he'll get three more off in the yeah. We have fun. Talk have about fun. Chase a little bit more while I text him, because we got three minutes. You guys talk about Chase X. No, you can't, because this is all fun and games, and you're, that would take, that's taking the fun and games too serious, because then I look like a loot. Like, I'm just having a laugh. I'm taking a piss. So you don't I'm want him on the show. Time. Now no, you don't want him. No, no, because I'm just, it's all fun and games. I do believe he'll win a championship. Really? Um, 100%. Okay. 100%. Um, that was his prediction. I, am, I would bet money. In fact, I do have oh, money on okay. it. How much? I'm not going to say how much because it's with who? Huh? I can't say who. Can't say that either. Nope, it's Europeans. I don't know anyone. Oh, no, I remember you told me you double. You told me you doubled no, that's down. A different rep. That's a different. Rep. How many? You have a gambling problem. I like gambling. Okay, so I figured out what you actually do with all your money. Um, what? Are you paying him? Uh-huh. I'm not getting paid. What the? What? No, I'm saying he spends all He's his money on paid. gambling. Yes, he is. <laughs> Well, any quality of work, I wasn't. I wouldn't have been surprised. Oh. <laughs> that the, was a joke. Also, I need to clarify. I need to clarify. Dry humor, dry humor, sarcasm. That is that. That was dry humor <laughs> now, and sarcasm. Now I understand all these YouTube comments. <laughs> that remember, was dry humor and I, sarcasm. That's remember, how, I, I told you this already. Luckily, yeah, I, yeah. I've been. I've spent enough. The short time I've been around, I figured out that this is him ninety-five percent of the time. There is some brutal stuff that comes out of his mouth. Humor and sarcasm, sarcasm, and how I communicate. Some yes. some other podcast guy has got me some thicker skin, so you didn't even hurt me any. It's fine. It just bounced right off. Okay, it's good. So you're not going to call into this show about games. I should, on I should call in and get berated by my own show. Yeah, let's. Uh, let's it would try definitely. It would definitely be different. I feel like this is off the rails. <laughs> When was it ever? Wait, when was it ever on the rails? It, it started the rails? off the rails. This we do true. not live stream. But I will say this: some interesting stuff from AA Ron. Interesting. Yeah, there was some interesting stuff from him, don't you think? Football Aaron. Nick? Wait, who? Cole. He said AA Ron. Aaron. Aaron. Oh, Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. I thought I heard him say one. No, Aaron was actually. No, yeah, there was yeah. some interesting stuff about like um how moving to the four fifty class maybe giving him a bit little more like anxiety about fit. Like that's interesting. Well, Speaking of moving to the 450 class, next guy up, factory HRC Hondas, number 45, Colt Nichols. He just had his first race in the 450 class. What's up, Colt? What's up, guys? How are we doing? We're doing good, man. Uh, great to talk to you. Appreciate the response. <clears throat> Listen, I want to talk about right off the bat the, the, the main event. Whole shot to eighth place, drop back to 10th uh, <laughs> on lap three, yeah. I think. A lot yeah. happening in your first 450 main right off the bat. Like, where, where was the heart rate? Were you taking all this in? What were you just walk us through those first few laps? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I, uh, I got off to a really, really good start. That was kind of just where all my focus was kind of all day. Um, you know, I, I didn't have the greatest practice session. Um, I, I felt it was kind of weird. It was in reverse. Like I, I felt <laughs> decent in, in pre-practice, which is not where you want to feel decent. And then, uh, yeah, as as it went on, I just got a little more uncomfortable as the day went. But the, obviously, the track broke down pretty gnarly, and uh, yeah, I just felt not quite like myself all day. So I, I just really wanted to get a good start, and uh, came out of the gate and 
yeah, I could just, uh, I can kind of tell I hadn't raced in a year. The, the intensity wasn't, you know, quite there. And, um, you know, those guys kind of swallowed me up pretty quick and I got shuffled back and I, I think they credited me with the whole shot. And I literally came into the turn and exited, I think at like six or something. Oh. So, uh, that was a little unfortunate. So we gotta, gotta clean that up just a little bit, but, uh, I, I kind of expected that to be honest. Um, just a little bit of, you know, not having any race craft and, uh, just not racing in so long kind of, kind of does that to you. Uh, you just, I don't know. I just hadn't been there in a while, you know, um, I hadn't raced an actual main event since, you know, I think Salt Lake 2021. Um, it just, it'd been a long time, you know, it kind of just, I don't know. It just came at me a little fast for sure. Then once I calmed down and realized, you know, I still know how to ride a dirt bike and I'm, I'm okay. I, I kind of settled in a little bit and, um, you know, I, I said in one of the interviews, I was maybe not the the sixth fastest guy, but, um, circumstances and racing, you know, it always happens and puts you in some weird spots. And I was able to capitalize on some other guys' mistakes and ended up P6. So, uh, yeah, we, we definitely got to improve for the first, you know, five to 10 minutes of the race. Um, and I think that'll come just with, with more gate drops and getting more used to that. But, uh, yeah, so, something we definitely need to improve on. So you feel like the lack of race time in the last year, year and a half, whatever it is, um, is more significant than just moving to the 450 class and it being quite an elevated group of racers. I think so. I mean, no doubt about it though, that these guys are, I mean, they're the best, you know, I'm racing against the best guys in the world at at what they do. And I I consider myself one of those guys though, you know, I, um, all day long, I I didn't really have this aura of like, Oh, I'm racing against, you know, Eli or, or or whatever. Um, you know, I, I've raced against most of these guys since I was little, you know, like I battled with Coop at Loretta's and, I would battle with Anderson or, you know, whoever, at, you know, every now and then at local races like Cooperland or, you know, something like that, you know, that randomly show up there. But uh, it wasn't really that. It's more or less just I just hadn't raced, period, you know. So being getting thrown into that scenario with the new bike and um, just everything like that, it was it was a big, big learning curve uh, to see how it would react in, in a race scenario because um, we haven't obviously got to replicate that. But um, no, I, I think more or less just, just not racing at all. Um, I, I, I respect these dudes a lot. They're obviously really, really good. And, um, you know, I, I look up to a lot of these guys. So for me, it wasn't, uh, the, the, the respect is definitely there racing these dudes, but I, I want to beat these guys. Um, you know, and I, I want to prove that I can race this 450 and race it good against, against anybody, you know? So, uh, definitely just a, a lack of, I think gate drops and intensity and like the focus being a hundred percent on you know, just kind of moving through the pack and doing everything you can, uh, but just was maybe a little lost and just not doing that in so long, um, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, just, just some stuff we, we need to work on and, and try and clean up. But overall, like I said, I, I respect these dudes a lot and it was fun to get to race these guys. It's been a long time since I've, I've raced a lot of them, but, uh, yeah, just need to be a little better myself. Hey, Colt. I, uh, I think I saw an interview or a caption with somebody kind of talking about maybe your mental state a little bit um, at the race. Of course, A1 last year did you very dirty and kind of led to, I know, you just a, a difficult rest of your year bouncing around between where you were going to go. And um, yep. did any of that creep in your, like, did you know, you show up to that? Does it weigh, did it weigh on you much? Where did you fight it throughout the day or were you able to kind of get out of your head early or, you know, were you having any little flashback moments or? Yeah, not not too bad, really. Um, the, the only thing we were battling a little bit was just the, um, I, I think, just the idea of, of more or less racing again. It wasn't necessarily like, 
Anaheim or, um, you know, anything like that. It was more just being put in a race scenario. Um, you know, anything can happen when you're racing, you know, the unexpected always seems to happen. So, um, for, for me, I was actually better than I thought I would be. Like, I didn't think about 2021 really at all or 2022 at all throughout the day. Um, leading up to it, you know, I got asked that question quite a bit and, you know, I'm, I think mentally pretty good at, if I don't want to think about something, I, I don't, I'm kind of out of sight, out of mind type, type of guy. And, um, I, I feel like I handle that better than I, I thought I was going to, to be honest with you. So I was, I was pumped on that. Um, you know, just to look at it for what it was now, if, if maybe the track was like identical as 2022 or, you know, like something like that, it, it maybe would have felt a little different, but for me, it was just dude, it was new bike, new, new circumstances, new year, new, new, everything, new, new track. So, um, it, it didn't feel the same to me. Um, I never had this weird kind of like aura of being at Anaheim cause I, I got good memories from there too. You know, I, I won the opener in 19, and, um, you know, kind of a love hate relationship with that place a little bit, but, uh, no, I was, I was actually, uh, I was okay. I was, I was better than anticipated. So I was, I was happy about that. So with, uh, throughout the day, I was, I was curious with bike setup, if you had to chase or look for anything, I know you got a later start um, with the program, but one of the interesting facts is typically you see team Honda HRC. You guys are, oh, what do you want, Lewis? No, just like maybe love. You said the word, you said the word chase and <laughs> he loves Chase Sexton. Oh, God. oh, by the way, yes, <laughs> yeah. Lewis Phillips here loves your, uh, we think he's in love just, with your no, teammate. I'm just a big supporter. He, we, we need I to, believe. we are going to ask at some point if, if he even knows who Lewis is because Lewis is convinced he doesn't. No but one, no one back, back on track to my question. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, back no, on good. track. Um, I thought one of the really cool things was I know you got tasked with a lot more testing because of, of Trey being injured. Um, but on top of that, you know, when the Honda guys are in California, we typically only really see them at the HRC track, occasionally rent something. But man, I saw you here, yeah. there, everywhere, especially working with Wilbur. You're riding TLD track, you're at HRC, you're at, um, you know, Paul, the whole nine yards. Did that give you enough range of situations to deal with that you, you understood the bike full enough? fully enough getting into race situation that you knew what you wanted to change and why, or um, did, did that all pay off or you, were you still missing a little bit when you got to the first race, just from the overall lack of time with you kind of getting the deal put together a little on the later side? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Uh, the only thing that I, I feel like we got um, a little late on was, was just the initial setup we have. So once we found this setup, which was what we were going on, I, I think a little over a month now of, of an actual setup that I really liked that we didn't touch. Um, it just took a while to get to that point, you know? So for me coming from, you know, a Yamaha and an air fork and, and all this stuff, it was a pretty drastic feeling when I first got on the Honda and supercross. Um, I just was so not used to riding like that. Whereas someone like chase or Trey or, you know, even the Lawrence brothers, Kenny, they've been on Hondas for five, six plus years. So the characteristic of the Honda, they're, they're pretty used to it by now. So, um, for, for me, that just was going to take either a, just a lot of adjustment or B, we were going to have to go a completely different direction with the bike. And, you know, I'm 28 years old and it's kind of late to be trying to reinvent the wheel as far as, you know, how I ride and what I think is good and, and comfortable and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so I was like, Hey, we, we need to go drastic on the bike. You know, let's try and do some stuff that maybe you guys haven't done before. And even if you have, you've touched on it, maybe we need to retouch on it. So to get me a little more comfortable. And that's, that's what we did, but we didn't find that till a little later. Um, and then once I did find that, just like you said, I, I wanted to test it everywhere. So 
each week, you know, they were like, Hey, we want to test and we want to do this. Or, you know, if you're comfortable, maybe we can leave it. And I'm like, Hey, just, just leave it. You know, I, I think we're at a point now where we were just kind of doing some clicks here and there. So I really wanted to ride this setup at every track that I possibly could. So like I said, I went to Elsinore, I went to Paula, TLD, uh, Honda. I just tried to go everywhere. We had a lot of success with that uh, preseason um, going into 21. When I, when I raced for star, we kind of rode everywhere. Um, and I like that. It was better for me as a rider. You don't get so, it doesn't get so monotonous and you can change it up. And then you really see where the bike shines, where it doesn't shine on different dirt. Cause we actually have a lot of different dirt at all these tracks are, they're quite a bit different. So uh, for me, we, we honestly, I, I think are in a good spot just because I didn't touch the bike all day. Like we didn't even do a click on, uh, on Saturday. So during practice, they were kind of like, Hey, we can do this and that. And, you know, maybe we can change this and get you a little more comfortable. And I'm like, dude, I'm, it's not the bike. It's just, <laughs> I'm just not riding it very good. So I didn't want to do anything crazy. Um, like I said, we, we didn't touch it at all. And I, I really feel like we're in a good spot. The same issue, uh, or I wouldn't say issue, just the area that I feel like we can be a little better in still is is the same area from a month ago. Um, it's just one of those things where we've taken a few swings at it. It wasn't exactly what I wanted or what I thought would be better. So then we kind of went back to the drawing board, but it wasn't huge you know it wasn't like this crazy night or day difference it was just somewhere where i feel like i could be a little more comfortable and kind of trust the bike a little more um and we haven't quite found that yet but like i said i don't i don't think that's a huge huge change um we're, we're definitely really close and, and really ballpark so i'm glad we had that approach that was something that i don't know if they were too keen on uh what was me going to a bunch of different tracks but um, you know, I kind of told them that was something I, I really wanted to do. And, you know, I was hoping they would be okay with that. Cause I, I like I said, I thought we had a lot of success with that uh, go, going into 21. So speaking of, uh, Lewis's favorite rider, Chase, uh, when I spoke to Chase at the, uh, team intro, he seemed very excited to, you know, have you on the team from a, a feedback standpoint. Cause I think he had felt like he was kind of rolling the, the ball uphill by himself for a little while, at least when comparing yeah. him and in, him and Kenny, we've, we've talked to, I've talked to Chase a lot, and I understand like how really different the two of them were. And he seemed really excited that you're you're even a little farther. Like he's got a direction he wanted to go, and it seems like you're a little farther down that direction even. So you're you're kind of helping him roll the ball uphill now. And I don't know. He genuinely, when I talked to him, seemed pretty excited. So I was gonna say it seems like probably the morale between the two of you at the race, being able to work together, that that seems like a a positive that you guys can lean on each other. He can lean on you, even though you're newer to the 450 class, you, you have more time or experience under you, you know, overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, the, the morale honestly is, is way better than, than I anticipated between everybody to, to be honest, you know, like having jet in the semi this weekend with chase and uh, you know, Lars, the mechanics, like everyone's just awesome. Um, you know, I, I can't really say anything bad about any part of the situation I'm in currently, but um, yeah, no, you're, you're kind of spot on. Like he, he was polar opposite to Kenny. So, you know, I, and obviously for a long time, Kenny was, you know, the guy they were trying to put all this attention to, to go win him a championship. So whatever direction he wanted to go, I, I think had a lot of pool, uh, which obviously makes sense. It's like that at every team. So, um, for, for Chase, I think that he liked a different feel, but he's also young and, hasn't had as much experience as even somebody like me, as far as testing and, you know, doing all of the different things that you can do to a motorcycle. And, uh, the kids just straight up just got so much talent. He just rides the damn thing, you know, it, may, it makes it work. But, um, you know, once I came on board, I was like, Hey, this is kind of the way I like the bike. 
um, in, in talking with Chase, just whenever I met up with him at the Honda track, but way before I even, even signed the deal. And it was just like, you know, this is the way I set up the Yamaha. Um, you know, this is what I like about a bike, the direction I feel like it needs to go. And I'm like, just watching you on TV, like last year, this is what I feel like you guys can work on and where I feel like this bike struggled maybe a little bit at times. Um, and he was like, yeah, that's spot on. You know, everything you said was exactly what the way I feel. So I was like, okay, perfect. We're on the same page at least. So once it came to testing, um, like you said, a lot more was put on my shoulders and I just kind of embraced that and was like, okay, this is going to help me learn the bike that much quicker. And, uh, it certainly did that. And everything that we tried, I was like, Hey, this was the best out of these, you know, we would try five or six different setups, whether it be engine suspension, chassis, whatever. Uh, this is what I like the best. Okay. Now Chase, go try it. See what you think, you know, and then it ended up working really well. And we're on a pretty, um, I'd say pretty similar setup now with, with everything. Like there's not a whole lot of difference between our bikes, you know, obviously spring rate and a few other things. Cause he's a little heavier than I am, but, um, overall we're, we're on a pretty, pretty similar setup. So yeah, everything's been pretty kosher for both of us. And, uh, yeah, a lot more similarities, I think, than, than what they've had in the past there for sure. Going back to what you just said about, um, watching the Honda last year and kind of noticing little things. Do you generally like watch races that analytically, or did you go back, watch the old races to see what a Honda was doing before kind of jumping into testing with the team um, this off season? Uh, I actually did both. So watching the races, just, just like a fan does every weekend, you know, on yeah. Saturday last year, um, I, I just was able to pick up, you know, on a few things. Um, just my opinion watching, you know, like, oh, this looks this or this looks that. And um, then after, you know, I, I realized I was going to get this deal, you know, then I did actually go back and, and do some some more watching just so I could really try to focus on that one dirt bike in particular. And there was just a few things that I thought, you know, looked a little um, opposite of what I felt like it should be uh, or, or the direction I feel like they, they could have went. But also, I don't know that, you know, I don't know this team or this bike or I haven't rode a Honda 450, you know, ever. Um, and then talking to Trey a lot too, he was, he was huge just because he's like, you know, this is kind of how Honda works as far as like testing, like what they want to do and how they want to go about it. So that was good for me to know just so that I can, you know, go in there with an the open mind and I, I kind of know how this system works. But um, yeah, after I went back and watched it, I'm like, okay, like to me, it looks pretty obvious what I feel like the issue is with this bike. So from day one, I, I kind of knew like where I wanted to go with it, especially because I rode it outdoors first um, for, for I think around two weeks before we jumped to Supercross, just so I can kind of get my feet wet with being on a 450 and being on a Honda. And it was the same exact thing outdoors um, that went straight into Supercross. So I'm like, okay, like I know what we just did in outdoors because we actually did do a little bit of testing outdoors. I was like, I know this is going to be this, I feel like a similar or same thing for Supercross. And it was. So uh, it just took us a while, I, I think, to get to get to that point, you know, um, cause like, like I said, Honda has a certain, you know, way they wanted to do things and like an order almost that they, they wanted to try things. And, um, for me, it's one of those things kind of like even over the weekend where I was like, I don't want to touch the bike. I just want to ride it and get used to it first. But I was at a point, um, you know, during, during the first part of Supercross where I was like, dude, I, I feel like I can't ride it the way I want to. So I'm like, we need to make those big drastic changes now. Um, so luckily we were able to do that and still, you know, have some good time and you know do the motos before the season and i was able to feel fit and like i'd actually done the laps instead of kind of floundering around uh, a little silly out there so um yeah it was it was a, a good off season it was productive but um yeah it, it was 
I tried to get analytical with it. You know, I felt like I did it as best as I could. And uh, no, I think that helped me coming into it for sure. You keep uh, mentioning this thing you noticed on TV and then this thing you felt outdoors and then this thing that was the same thing in Supercross. Um, what, is, what is it? What, uh, yeah, as much as you can tell us, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, is it I'm ballpark, fairly kinda? an open book with this kind of stuff. And I, I don't know if, you know, it's a really big deal or something that ah, you can notice. Fine. But I mean, even in every bike shootout, everything that they do, they say the Honda is sometimes a little twitchy. You know, that's been the the remark for the Honda for a few years, I, I think. Um, you know, some people feel it, some people don't. It just depends on what bike you're used to. And for me, the Yamaha is such a stable chassis. It doesn't go left to right. It doesn't twitch in the front. It's a very planted kind of feel. Um, it, I guess just with the way that bike's designed, you know, the engine and, and everything, the way it is, it just makes it feel really stable. So, I'm coming from something really stable to something where I saw a few of Chase's crashes in Supercross where the front end to me just looked way too low. Like it was, it was too soft. It was getting too low. And then it would kind of pitch him off the bike. And it looked like it was kind of out of nowhere, um, you know, the past two seasons. So I'm like, dude, like stiffen the front up, you know, like maybe that won't happen if the front's a little stiffer, but also they're on a spring fork. I'm coming from an air fork, which has a very, very rigid feel in the spring. You just, you can't make it that rigid, like with that much holdup without feeling like you can't even hang on to the thing. So um, from the get-go, I was like, okay, I, I think the front end's too soft, and I, I think the wheel is maybe a little bit too far underneath us. We need to kind of break it out a little bit, stiffen up the front, lower the rear a little. Like, I think this bike needed more rear-end traction. Um, it had way too much front-end traction. Like, it turned way too tight. Like, it felt like you could turn around a pop can. It was just like it turned too good, you know, um, which is kind of funny because I, I rode the new – I guess what would have been the 23 uh, KTM during that time period, whenever I was going to ride for uh, that KTM team in this off season. And it was the same exact thing. It just turned really, really tight and almost like too good. And so I did this same kind of experience with, with that, where I was trying to rake the front end out. We pulled the forks down to flush. I tried to stiffen it as much as I could just doing clicks on my own. And um, cause I was just riding a stock bike at the time. So um, I don't know if that's just, you know, a direction a lot of these manufacturers and bikes are trying to go, but it was a little too much for me. Uh, you know, a lot of people like that kind of feel, but for me, I, I don't want it to turn too tight. I want it to follow the rut without trying to jump out of it too early. And, um, just some little stuff like that. So that was our, our biggest, biggest focus, um, kind of from day one since, since I got on the Honda. It's so funny to hear you say that because we just had Aaron Plessinger on and Aaron had the same comments being on the, on the 23 KTM, being an ex star rider, being an air fork guy. And yep. I had spoken to Aaron a little more in detail at the the bike intro. And that's why he just kept saying the same thing. He's like, there's so much weight on the front. He's like, it just turns off from under me all the time. And he was looking yeah. for more of not just even a, a sagged out feel, but I think that that topped out feel in the fork, not having, having it settle, which again, for him, it's going to go like PSF one KYBs against a, a spring fork. They ride a very topped out uh, kind of crust feel on in the initial part of the, uh, the fork. Um, so it's really funny to hear you and you and Aaron both completely saying the exact same yeah. thing, both being, man, I rode Yamaha's man. I rode air forks and these bikes just yeah. turn way too good. Um, and, uh, I was curious. So chase last year in the summer, um, went to the BFRC shock. He definitely seemed yeah. to, he mentioned that helped his balance uh, a decent amount from where they were bef even before that. Uh, of course we never saw Kenny go to that. Kenny's really infamous for high rear end soft front. Um, mm -hmm. I was curious when you got in Honda, 
How early into the Supercross testing did you end up trying the BFRC? And in your opinion, did it kind of, was that one of the items that helped move you towards that balance you, you were looking for similar to, to Chase? Was that a, a good step? Uh, actually, yeah, I, I think it really was. It was, um, I guess it was fairly early. The, the issue with, with the BFRC at first was we, they just straight up didn't have a Supercross setting for it. Um, they were working on one, but they didn't quite have one that they felt confident enough for, for us to try like yet. Um, and obviously Chase was during a break at this time. He, he wasn't riding. I think he went on vacation, done some stuff like that. So, um, they, and they didn't know they were going to have another guy. So then whenever they found out they were hiring me, they're like, okay, let's try and get one put together here pretty quick so that we can get Colt on it and kind of see what he thinks. So uh, I want to say we were about maybe three to four weeks in, um, to riding whenever I, I got the option to try that. And it definitely did. It kind of, cause we'd gone back and forth on the shock quite a bit. Cause I told him my complaint was, was rear end traction. And I, I wanted the rear to kind of sit a little lower than a lot of the other guys that um, were currently riding the bike. So we went from a, a shock that I, I tried to develop it just a standard shock, but it was really kind of stiff and rigid it had the hold up that i wanted but it was kind of a little too rigid and it kind of just had more of a dead feel and then the original shock that i had on the bike that was just extremely springy like it just felt i don't know it just moved way too much so i i hadn't found that happy medium we were kind of one extreme to the other and uh, we got to try the, the bfr shock and once they put that on, I was like, okay, this is kind of the best of both worlds. Like it moves like the, the first shock that I tried when I was on the bike, which was, I think pretty much what chase was racing last year. Um, it moved like that, but it still was able to sit where I wanted it to sit without coming back up too high or with staying planted too low. And like that dead kind of feel, um, it had the plushness that I wanted, but it had the hold up in the right spots where I needed it. So um, that really, I think helped our balance quite a bit. And then once we got drastically stiffer on the fork and we kind of raked it out just a little bit more then I was like, okay, now I feel a little more at home here. Um, but yeah, it's kind of <laughs> funny hearing Aaron say that, which he was, I think kind of more to the extreme of more of a lower, you know, kind of choppered out bike a little bit. Um, just in my experience with him racing, being teammates with him at star and he really, really liked the, the rear end to sit low, um, you know, and the front to kind of. I don't want to say sit high, but he liked the front being pretty stiff and the rear was, he always ran a pretty low uh, rear, you know, like different sag than, than pretty much all the rest of us that, that were on the team at the time. So um, I, I think he was maybe a little more extreme. I like it a little bit more of a balanced field where the front's complementing the rear and vice versa. And he kind of likes it to, to sink quite a bit. I even noticed in him riding the KTM, his bike looks a little lower in the rear than I, I think the other guys. Um, so yeah, I definitely think he, he likes that, that feeling a little bit lower. So, which would, is kind of the polar opposite. I think of the way that new, uh, the, the new KTM is it sits a little rear and high. And like I said, turns super, super tight with a lot of weight on the front end. So, um, just a different feel, but like I said, once you go through all the testing and you do all the stuff, Honda has just a ridiculous amount of parts. So I knew we were going to find it. It just was getting them to, um, like I said, more or less go a different direction. They hadn't really, really gone in the past. So it was good, man. We had, uh, it, it took some, some time for sure, but we, we definitely got it. Uh, I got one more shock question for you cause I love digging into this stuff. Um, so BFR it's been ran in GPs for years. They never really went away from it once it was originally introduced and based off the yep. experience I have playing around with one kind of, they have an active feel, they track well, there's a lot of rear end traction feel from them, 
But some mm-hmm. of the older stuff, particularly the production ones, I wrote an old works one as well, is they didn't have a ton of like really high speed holdups. I think that's why we've seen guys in Supercross in the US trying for just a race or two and then gone. But I mean, yourself, Chase, uh, AC, Anderson are all on them. So I'm guessing what that means, at least, and, and based on what you're saying, is I think prior one guys that tried them, like I said, they were struggling with holdup under really big hits, G out situations. When you first mm-hmm. got on that, um, this new setting they've come up with, whatever technology they've in, increased and changed on that shock, um, did it have enough holdup in the big situations, or did you guys have to chase that a little, or were you were you actually pretty good right off the bat? Uh, honestly, pretty good right off the bat as far as like a, a base setting. Um, we played a little bit with like spring rate stuff more or less just to see if we can kind of you know, whether it be a little more hold up in a certain area or to, to hold it down a little more. Um, but the, always the big hits and the progression uh, of the shock, it was just, it was really right where I wanted it to be. I, I didn't think that it struggled in that area, like a big hit scenario or, um, you know, the small little breaking bumps, the little chatter when the rear is a little high and there's not a whole lot of weight there. Um, to me, it felt like it handled those really well. I, I didn't notice because we did back to back from a standard shock, which was my we did an insane amount of standard shock testing before we went to the BFR. Um, and I had two settings that I, I really liked that we went back to back with for a while. And once we had the BFR, we actually took it to different tracks. And I went back to back again between standard and BFR, uh, just aside from from being at Honda. And I never really found a scenario where I was like, OK, this was horrible in this area but there was a few times where the standard shock i was like okay it just doesn't quite do what the bfr does and i want it to do that but i just can't get that feeling out of it um so i i was pumped on it like i never thought it had a big hit issue or under braking um through the whoops i feel like it it helped the rear end traction a little bit as opposed to to some of the other ones we had tried on the standard shock side so um i i thought it handled it really well and I think it's a little different too for, you know, those big kind of hits and that gnarly stuff. Like Chase is a pretty finesse kind of rider. And he never really, like, he's a big guy, don't get me wrong, but he never looks like the bike is like, he doesn't ride the bike heavy. Like he rides it very light, places it where it needs to. Like he's just got a lot of finesse when he rides. Um, So for him outdoors, I don't know if he ever got in those situations where it was like a crazy big, you know, kind of hit just because he has so much finesse when he rides. Um, so for him, I, whether they were chasing that or not, I'm not sure, but I just don't know if he would have ever gotten that situation. Uh, anyway, cause like I said, just the, the way he rides is, is very poetic. So, um, for me, I, I never had that issue for sure. And I don't, I don't know if he did either, but it certainly doesn't seem like it. So Colt with all this testing you've been doing and trying to get the bike better, we, I talked to Ken over in Paris and he was pretty open or t- for his, from his point of view, Honda was not very open to trying the things he wanted to try. Have you mm-hmm. ran into anything like that or have they been pretty open with your, your thoughts? Uh, honestly, it's been pretty awesome. Um, you know, cause from the get go, I, I kind of told them and they approached me whenever we, we had this whole discussion at first, like, Hey, we, we kind of want to throw this, this test load on you. And, and we got a lot of cool parts we want to try and this and that or whatever. And I was always just like, Hey, I'm game. Like I'll do whatever you guys want to do. But at the end of the day, I, I want to be comfortable and I want to go try and do good. Like I'm, I'm not, hired just to go, you know, kind of be a test horse. You know, I, I want to do good and prove to you guys that, you know, I, I deserve a spot here regardless. So um, from the get go, they were, they were very open to stuff just because I feel like they knew um, they wanted to be because they, they had struggled a little bit, I think, and 
um, years past with, with just being consistent with the bike setup, I think, um, you know, like one round, it felt great. The next one, it was all over the place. So they just like the consistency, I feel like maybe wasn't quite there. So I think they knew they had, they had a little bit of work to do, but at the same time, I never got that feeling of like, um, any, any pushback, you know, towards anything. It was just, like I said, at first it was more or less like, Hey, we've tried this and we've gone this direction before. And I'm like, yeah, but we need to revisit it. You know, let's do it again because I, I feel like this is the direction the bike needs to go. And so, um, once, once we got to, to that point, it was, it was easy, you know, and it also helped to that the feedback I was giving them, they felt was productive. You know, it's always kind of something new, you know, like whenever they have a new guy and you're working with a guy and they're like, do we, does this guy even know what the hell he's talking about? Like maybe he's leading us down a completely horrible path, but um, luckily enough, all the testing I'd done and all the things that I had tried, once they saw the improvements, even just by the stopwatch, then Chase tried them and they were like, okay, like Chase liked it too. It was dramatically better for him. So then the trust started to come and um, it, it was just kind of snowballing after that. You know, they're like, hey, whatever you want to do and whatever you think that we need to work on, let's let's try and tackle it. So um, th these dudes were awesome. Like, I, I can't really say anything, like I said, negative about any of them or at any situation we we did. I think the right steps and, um, you know, just handled it. I felt like the way it should be handled. So I was pretty pumped on it. No, uh, no pushback. And, you know, I, I think we, we did everything that we needed to do. So I was pumped. Uh, with your contract, you mentioned you were going to, you almost raced for a KTM team. The Honda deal yep. came together, uh, you know, you're testing, but you only have a deal through Supercross, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just through Supercross only. So, so. mentally, that's stressful. You got to figure out what you're going to do next. Uh, the fact that you weren't getting a lot of offers before the Honda deal came about, how do you handle that? Yep. What are your thoughts come summertime? Uh, you know, is there an opportunity to stay on with Honda? Have they talk to you, you know, if, if things go well and that you keep being productive in the testing side, maybe keeping you on. Uh, honestly, I, I haven't even, I, we haven't even talked about any of that or, or I haven't really thought about it to be honest, just because, um, from, from the get go, whenever I first started getting on this bike, the only thing that I wanted is as a rider, you're always chasing that, you know, that feeling that you want, you know, that comfortability and feeling like you can handle any situation that's thrown at you on the bike. And I was searching for that for so long that that was mentally all that's, I was zoned into that and that's, that's it. So, um, all preseason, I was just like, man, if I can just get this thing where I want it, I feel like I could do really well on it. So my mind was racing 24 seven, like, well, wonder if we can do this or if we can do that, or maybe tomorrow, you know, when we test this, it'll be a big help. And now that we're racing, it's just pretty, I'm pretty focused on the, on the day to day and, you know, the present, um, trying to just do the, do the best I can, you know, each weekend and one task at a time. And, you know, if I go just focus on that and do the best I can, the rest of that stuff kind of takes care of itself. And it wouldn't be a, a, a new territory for me, you know, to be wondering what the future holds. I, I've been in that situation a few times. So, um, yeah, I, the best I can do is just go do my job the best I can. And like I said, the rest usually always takes care of itself. Every time I've worried about it and got all stressed and been like, man, what the hell am I going to do? It just makes it worse. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of doing that. I just want to go do what I can at, at the moment. I'm having such a good time riding the bike and being around the team and um, just, just really, really good dudes and really just want to see me prosper and, and just been productive. Like, so I, I, we're, we're very day to day, you know, if something happens and I can stay on this team, I would, I'd be, you know, pumped, but, um, you just never know what, with, with what's going to happen and what the future holds. So we're, we're definitely day to day. Well, go out, get you some wins. Things may change. <laughs> yeah. That's the idea. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I just do the best I can and then, uh, we'll see where it takes us.
All right. Hey, man, thanks for jumping on here. Uh, it, it always means a lot when you guys say yes and come on the show. So thanks for that, and we'll see you in San Diego in a couple weeks. Yes, sir. We'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. It. See ya. That's Colt Nichols. Appreciate him coming on. I want to thank Luxon. When it comes to triple clamp suspension and chassis parts, there's no comparison. Luxon MX makes the best parts you can buy. Luxon's advanced engineering background and techniques allow them to develop products that are unlike the rest. Lighter and stronger with optimized stiffness to enhance your riding comfort and precision. Their products are race-proven by top professionals like Jeremy Martin, Freddie Noren, and over 25 others around the world competing in professional supercross, motocross, and MXGP. And Luxon products are designed, engineered, and made in the USA. So check them out online at www.luxonmx.com. All orders of $100 or more free, uh, qualify for free shipping within the continental U.S. And you can save 10% on all the products with promo code MOTOXPOD, all one word. That's M-O-T-O-X-P-O-D. Again, all one word. Lewis, were you just you were just thinking about his teammate the whole time i feel like i um i need to lie down after that interview that was a lot there was a lot of information I a love, lot of big words a lot just it was a lot hey, i love how forward he was on so many things we didn't even have to ask him about like usually to get some of the tech answers takes two or three and he just kept going i'm like ah oh, this is great i wanted to ask i was going to ask um like you are a good test rider right because like, i would be really bad if he said I don't, i'm not sure <laughs> Like I have a question. After hearing a guy talk about all this testing, now yeah. let me ask you. I was going to you know say what you're speaking of. I was going to say like I hope the answer is yes, but you do consider yourself a good test rider, correct? So like if you went, no, I don't really hey, feel much. Lewis, do you know what the best test rider is? Uh, the honest one. What? The honest oh, okay. one. Okay, I thought that was like a pun or something. Or funny. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a joke. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, no, just, I've just, just like ran to so I ran to so many guys that are, I'm a great test rider. And you'll try. You can blind test and I'll make up stuff. I'd rather have the guy at any time that comes in goes, man. I don't know if I can tell you the difference. I um yeah, honesty is the best policy. Yeah, that's important, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's it's hard. Like I obviously if we've talked. I don't have those feels. I could not be a test rider. Yeah, it's all the same. I'm just riding. I'm holding up for dear life. Do you, Do you know who else uh, Colton Nichols was brought to you by? Who else? Tell me. Motul. Motul. It may not actually uh, say it, but I'm just gonna say if you look at an HRC uh, oil window, you see a green tinge. Just saying. Well. Speaking of Motul, founded in 1853, it's a long time ago. Motul is a 170-year-old company that is pre- present in over 160 countries, close stuff like that, globally, offering exclusive technology in their patented Ester Core technology for your machine. I just had to fact check. I yeah. just went and fact checked that 1853 thing because it really caught me off guard. And it's actually correct. Shocking. 18, I didn't realize that anything was around in 1853. <laughs> Did you just think the world didn't exist? Like, as soon as 1853 came out of his mouth, I was like, no. no okay, yeah. that's weird for hey. me to say because I feel like everybody in America, when they hear something 1800s, they're like, that's really old. Yeah. Like, you come from a country where probably most of the buildings you see are older than I literally that. can't imagine. I can't think of anything else that was discovered in the 1800s other than a motel. But there you go. That is a sponsor read in itself. It is. Trusted by race teams such as Honda HRC Europe with five-time MXGP world champion Tim Geyser, reigning arena cross champion Kyle Peters, and the entire Phoenix Honda team, along with former Dakar winner Ricky Brabeck, Motul provides an element of confidence for you, you and your machine to be able to withstand the most grueling conditions on the track or on the trail. I reached out to somebody. I'm trying to get another rider on. Might be a little surprise coming. Just saying. Speaking oh, no. of... Um, oh, no. Have, have we reached out for the, the wagon? 
Sorry, the ship. That's not allowed. The ship. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, the BF, BFRC shock and yep. MXGP. I asked. Balance free rear cushion. I never knew that. I asked, and I'm pretty sure last year they said that they're not allowed. They don't get given an option. They are not like yeah. they are given in GPs. I mean, yeah, they are given that shock, and that is it. Like, because I after yeah. it came out, the Sexton was on it, and that was a big thing outdoors. Yeah. I asked, and they were like, uh, "We don't get." We we yeah, I can imagine because they've been off for so many years. I think it became point where it's just like, well, this is it. Yeah, use it or lose it. Just it surprised me that they were like, "Yeah, no, we don't." Really, like, I can't remember the last time we tried something else. There you go. That's all I've got. Yeah, tech that, wise, that kind of stuff surprises me too. I know there's only there's a limited options for them to test, but if there's something that's better, why would you not at least try it? I think the scary one in in components of that level is it would scare you how much money it would cost to actually have enough of both laying around when guys just randomly go, ah, I want this one today. Uh, right, right. Ah, I want that one today. So they're just trying to limit the riders eh, potentially searching too much. I think once, like I said, if if you have like if okay if hrc here in america runs that thing for the next three or four years that's just going to be the default like it's probably not going to be up for discussion if if they stick that way long enough yeah let's get back to a few more topics before we wrap this thing up i want to talk about ken roxon a lot of talk of him with switching teams going to hep how is he going to do he keeps saying Oh, uh, you know, just see how I do. If I do, if I go out win, great. You know, if I don't win, if I'm fifth or sixth, that's okay. I don't like that attitude, Michael, from him. I, I know what he's doing, but like, no, you, the guy at that level, it's not okay to say it's okay to not win. And then he, he rode yeah, mediocre. He, he was, you were like freaking out during the race. Like you thought he was going to die with some of the OJs <laughs> and cases. <laughs> and like, I don't know. If he's okay. I think he's all right. I mean, what do you expect? A couple of weeks on a bike, a team that's never raced at that level, uh, resources, the semi getting wrapped two days before it gets to the race, you know. <laughs> but that doesn't have anything to do with Ken Roxon being Ken Roxon. Yeah, is that right? I mean, you imagine being the, the rider sitting there seeing all this play out. Like, I mean, what, what do you expect to do at a certain point? Like, and also the years he's had, like, is he going to come into the press conference and just say, yeah, I'm kicking it again and I'm racing for the championship hands down? I'm here to say that I am officially over the kickstart jokes. I don't care. Thank you. I'm literally, yes. every time I hear kickstart Kenny or even opening ceremonies, I think he pulled the kickstart out. Kickstart out. <laughs> and like pretended to kick uh, it. And I was just like, I don't like, no. no, no. I, saw, I saw a video with his mechanic, Tressel. He's like, do you guys all want to see the trickiest part on the bike? And they walk over to the side and he pulls the kickstarter. Oh, no, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I, don't, I don't care. It's been beat to death. Uh, even Kenny, we were talking about the music uh, yeah. article that we did. I was talking to him Friday during the press conference. He goes, yeah, for opening ceremonies. I was thinking about coming out to kickstart my heart, which I was like, that's exactly what we all said. It would be. I said, yep. it's too obvious. Like the joke's old. Let's yeah. move on. <sighs> I'd rather, I'd rather see more jokes with flow from progressive at this point. Let's at least uh, mix it up. Let's, let's go for something a it little a- different. It actually wouldn't have mattered what song he chose for opening ceremonies. Cause he was in that weird five rider group. Oh God. Yeah. And what may a- I add the disrespect to Chase Sexton for being in that group and not the intro group. Horrific. Are we going to have a word with somebody? Um, we should do. But that, that, that actually the, confused me. Because the whole thing tripped me out. 
The whole thing tripped me out. Yeah, but how did, how did they decide? Because Roxon and Sexton were in the fast pace group, and then like Marvin and the slow guys, someone else were in the proper introductions. But like, what? I feel like Sexton and Roxon should have been in the real thing. I, I again with everything going on, I thought we'd have all these well put together intro videos. I'm throwing it back to the day of Reed in a mullet doing burnouts in a Camaro through A1 through the parking lot. I almost with, had like, a stroke. What, when that happened? When it was all going on, yeah. it was so fast. So I was like... <laughs> I really, like, I was confused because the first couple went so fast and then Mars was a little longer and then Malcolm's was, like, re- normal size length. And I'm like, I don't, e- I, I don't even confusing. know. It was confusing. It was not normal. I don't know normal. what's going on anymore. You know what? It would have been the top five in points last year, wouldn't it? Who got the real intros? Because Marv was fifth, Mookie was third, Sasha mm-hmm. was fourth. Fourth. And they were the three yeah. other than Anderson but, and Tomac. And they've always done based off top 10. But when did we go to this point now? All of a sudden, the bottom five of the top 10 just don't matter. And how about the 250 guys that just got really quickly thrown on the, the board, which yeah, I'm still what's not What's the point sure. of having those guys out there if there's, there should be a bigger show? No no offense. I'm still, this is nothing against them. How did we end up with Max Volan on that list? Yeah, well, I'm guessing. I'm going to check that now. But I would guess all of those riders were in heat too. Because you're not going to, like, I'd imagine that's why. No, uh, that's wrong. I know. So, yeah, I think yeah. they were they were going to rotate them. So didn't we hear that that they were going to rotate? Like, I mean, I think I, I'd be really surprised if Jet's not in every single one. Oh, Jet's going to be but in every single one. But the other guys will get rotated. Well, if we have a couple more injuries, it'll be like <laughs> <laughs> we won't have any. But who will we be rotating? We'll be bringing out Caden Amarine and Ty Masterpool, yes, or whoever. <laughs> Speaking of Ty Masterpool, um, how many times did he almost die in that LCQ? A lot. I was reading his PR quote. And it says, I'm struggling with type A. And I was like, <gasps> I'm struggling with type A flu. Oh, is yeah. He was thing? super. Yes. Is type A flu a thing? I've never heard flu described by type A, B or whatever. Is that a thing? Yeah. I'm Google yes, it. So. Yes. There are, there are different versions, types. I mean, um, I, I don't know if Ty has. But I'm more surprised that Ty had a press release, but it took like three days to find out what Forkner's injury was. <laughs> exactly. Truth. So while he's searching, did you find it? It's it's a thing. Okay, yes. all right. I like I like how things keep going. He just has to search and confirm it. Like, did it really happen in eighteen yeah, fifty? Yeah. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah. We can move on. Thank you, Lewis. Speaking of Austin Forkner, is this kid mentally going to be okay? This is. Uh, did did you hear his worst... video? Yeah, he I does not sound mentally okay. The the poor kid was fastest qualifier, third in his heat, started fourteenth in his heat, but got to third. I mean. Everything, I don't even, I can't even put into words how bad I feel for the guy. I, I, I'm afraid we're going to hear something like he's just going to go off into the boonies somewhere, the woods, and just never come back. Well, I was thinking the same thing earlier, but Jet's moving up no matter what coast Faulkner's on next year, because we presume he's now going to be back in 250s. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's sure. He is going to be the clear favorite, no yep. matter where he races, because he is still on that level. And there's, it's not like, I don't feel like the 250 class is getting faster. So I feel like Faulkner, when it's time for him to come back, which who knows, it might, it may even be Anaheim one next year. Yeah, because um, he's gonna have to have the knee done completely. Yeah, because the press release said Supercross, but he yeah. said in his Instagram six months. Oh yeah, six so. months because he said everything's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's not full, what is he? He basically named off everything. He goes, it's not completely jacked, but it basically is. <laughs> basically is. Um, it basically. But is. yeah, no matter no matter what coast he races next year, he will be the clear favorite. Yeah. So let's just fast forward the next 365 days and hopefully it goes better but 
There's no way he can race the opening round next year without being super cautious. Oh not, my goodness. Not because he should yeah. be, but just because I feel like that will yeah. be so in his mind. I think it already is. He is trying to be he, more cautious. He was better He was better at A1, though, than he was last year. Yeah. On yes. the cautious front, I right, mean. Right. Like, last year, he was really trying to be cautious, whereas um, I feel like this year, he did seem more like himself. More aggressive. Now, the only question for me, we'll see him back. I agree with you. I think whatever coast he lines up for, he's a title contender. I just want to see if he is still on a Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki mm, when we I see him next. See I, yeah, I think exactly. he will be, but here's, the, here's, a, here's my question. Does Faulkner ever move to the 450 class? Ooh. If you, obviously, if he has to, has to move to the 450 class, then he has to. But if, yeah. say the rules never force him up, now will he ever, because I feel like his card is marked. 450 teams are going to be concerned. Even if he goes for the next three years, without injury, that's not going to well, be enough to kind of unmark his card. Well, is this considering me and you both stating we consider him the title favorite? If he wins the title, then he ha- he only gets one yes. year of defense. And then he's, he's but out. I, I would have said he would have, he could have won the title this year, last year. So yeah. saying mm-hmm. that he is a title favorite doesn't mean much. Yeah, and I think, well, this is, makes me wonder about, again, team options, because I know you know the one I'm thinking of is, does he go for a deal? Do that, I know the one you're thinking of? Yeah, I've told you. Is nope. it a team that, uh, Am I to, yo, I, I think is it, is I think he'll be that, trying. I was saying because if you went there, there is potential for, of course, signing into a deal for a 450. Right. But oh, yeah, we did discuss my, that, didn't we? Yeah, you never he, posted that post. So can we, no, can, I think we need to redo it because remember there was one person we horribly yeah. missed in it. So we need to redo that. No, so it's fine. It's in the past. Oh, come on. It's we're still moving interesting. On. Oh, come on. It's up from your homeland. Nope. We're moving on. We're not. We're not going to live in the past at Vital MX. If we if we deem something not good enough to go out, then we will move on to the future. Then we make it better. Nope. We will move on to bigger and better things. <laughs> we're never going to. Well, we're not going to live in the past. Speaking <laughs> of bigger and better things, is Max Boland's career going to be bigger and better in the future? It's a kid that his his contract's also about to be up. He hasn't really had the opportunity to show us what he's capable of because of injuries. Fairly consistent at Anaheim one. What's his future, Michael Lindsay? I thought round one was great. Huge mm-hmm. step in the right direction for him. Um, Other than I, getting I th- caught by Oldenburg. That, yeah. that, was, that didn't look good. Well, I think, did he pass? Did Oldenburg start ahead of him and then Oldenburg came back to get him or no? I think Oldenburg was pretty far back, back in catching he? him, yeah. I'm thinking of the heat race when yeah. Oldenburg got the good start. Um, yeah, I think as long as he has a, a solid, consistent year, look, yeah, it's it's pressure. It's, it's contract year. He's been there three years, but let's all be honest. He's barely... He's Barely, you can't consider him a rookie. He's only done what this was his fifth Supercross, I yep. think. Um, Red Bull KTM, at least from what I've heard, they don't really want to poach from other teams. They want to, you know, bring up youth. I don't think they have anybody to replace him with. So I think as long as he has a nice, steady year, gets through all the races and progresses, I think he's got a ride for next year. I don't. Again, I don't see them picking anybody over him. However, if he goes out there and tries to bonsai it and ends up knocking himself out for the majority of a season. Maybe we start having that conversation, but I really think he's in a fairly safe place. It does sound, a, again, it sounds freaky out, like three years Rebel KTM, like you think he'd be on the chopping block, but I think as long as he just progresses a little bit every weekend, I think he's fine, and I hope he doesn't try to push it quicker than that. Like, uh, and also, yeah. Yeah. Now, He told me Friday morning, I saw him and Talon, uh, his dad, in the pits, and, or actually in the parking lot, and he said, look, it's consistency this year. Let's be smart. I don't think he is a bonsai kind of kid. I mean, he's just had some kind of free things where he yeah. crashes. So I, I think consistency is the goal. And 
yeah, third, fourth every week, that's a good year. Do you want to know what helps guys like Voland when it comes to contracts and things like that? The talent turnover in the 250 class isn't incredible right now. Again, like, who are you going to replace them with? Exactly. Like, there isn't, there aren't that many options for teams, so they are going to be more likely to stick with their quote-unquote failed projects. Not talking about anyone specifically, but call it that. Um, Harsh. Then, yeah, well, you know. But it's Um, it's honest. Like, who are you going to, you could take a lot of these guys that people want to freak out and say, replace this guy, replace that. Give me somebody better. Look at Star. Name somebody better. Star signed Jordan Smith. That's, that's like that tells you that there is no one coming up and they had to reach into the back of the closet and grab the dusty thing well, on the shelf. Let's add him to the list. <laughs> add- <laughs> hey, this is just Aussie. I said the same thing like Jordan. Look, they, here's the thing. It's at the end of the day on the Jordan situation. He was the only rider available at the time they were doing negotiations. RJ eventually won a race while they're in the middle of this, but they had even won a Supercross that was available to hire. Nobody else, if, okay, if somebody's so much better to pick, let's see them step up and do it. Then they'll get picked. Oh, yeah, there's not a lot of options. You're right, but uh, Lewis is just, he, he's not afraid to well, that's not bad. punches. That's, it's not bad. No, it's not. I don't think that's a bad thing to say. It's it's what, I, here's the thing I look as, on one hand, it's, hey, the guys right now, they're good. The kids need, the incoming generation needs to step up. Right. It is. It worries me a little bit, and that bit, may right? happen halfway through Supercross Futures. We may see at least one or two of them. Oh, I I'll call right now. You, unless A two goes catastrophically, Deegan Deegan's at the line. Right. Somebody at Sarche told me like the plan is to have a bike ready as long as he does good. A two, he's starting East Coast. Lewis with Austin not coming back. You think Mitch after A two says, uh, "Rider, let's let's move you up. Let's try to." I would like to see it. I don't think it will happen, but I would like to see it because I feel like we've gone away from that thing as well. Like, yeah. no one's really doing anything anymore. Like, it's very much playing it safe always. Yeah. Not much, not many people stepping outside of the little box that it, we're in. It's it's not going to end up happening. Uh, from what I'm aware, Chance Hymas will end up racing the whole East Supercross season. But even the way they announced it, like Honda's he's, Chance have been A-class for three years. Honda even announced it as, oh, we're not going to do a future. We're going to do a couple East races. You think back to, like, if Honda's picking in this, again, I'm not trying to say anything against Chance or Beckham, but, like, that situation kind of surprised me. Like, okay, here's a kid on, you know, the most the team that anybody would kill to be on right now in 250s. They're star HRC, and, yeah, oh, we're, we're dabbling. A little, I don't know why. Like, on one hand, I respect it. Like, oh, it's cool to let them do that. But on the other hand, I'm like, if they're good enough, if you don't believe, oh, do we not believe in them? Why aren't why aren't we learning? Like, why aren't mm-hmm. we just going racing? It's just racing. I think I think they are going racing, and they are just playing their cards close to their chest because if they feel the need to pivot at the last yeah. minute, they don't want to look silly in the public eye, which is more of a factor now than it's ever been. For some, well, yeah. not for some reason, for obvious reasons, the public eye is maybe more powerful, influential than it's ever been, and therefore everyone wants to be a little more. Um, Keep close guarded secrets a little bit. They don't want to go. They don't want to get caught feeling blue. Well, I talked to Ryder Saturday. He was in the pits. I actually asked him about that. So maybe I'm to blame for Forkner's crash. I don't know because we. Well, you said uh, what happens if Forkner crashes? Do no, you get to ride I, I his bike? If, I asked him if you do really well. Is there a chance that you they would move you up and bring you out for Supercross? And the, the answer was off the record. Oh. So, 
So I'm not cool gonna, guy over here with his cool guy have, have me have you noticed me and him have not held back on anything yeah and you I've suck. noticed how much trouble you've gotten in I'm not in any trouble and you've hey, gotten in trouble in the GP in tr- oh yes in if, the GP yeah, but that's in the past but that's in the past I'm and if you look to get in I got trouble. I got in trouble this morning and turned it around immediately okay nobody listens to me he he said <laughs> if Mitch asked him to move up he would say no I don't know if that's allowed. But he said he would not. He he has only been on the race bike for a very limited time and wants to get all the way through futures on the race bike to get comfortable. So he said he would not do it. Yeah. But is that allowed? Does Mitch come and says, "Hey, you're moving up." I mean, can you say no? Uh, I don't know. I think that almost depends more on Cowie at that point. Yeah. Because there's kind of a middle ground. It's you got the rider, you got Mitch, and then you got Cowie's thoughts on that. If some yeah, if there is a sponsor demanding that there is a bike on a track, demanding. then he's got no choice. If it's and, if it's just ah, eh, this would be cool. Then yeah, like yeah. somebody and, said, grab Yoder. <laughs> who is that person? I don't know. I just I saw know. it on always Twitter. Is, always uh, the the go to. Always on the single car bike. But I, it, I would yeah. like to see yeah, Dylan yeah. Walsh get a shot there. Yes, I feel like he is improving at a rate where it's clear that there would be a step taken on a full program with a lot of knowledge. Yes, I agree. Because no offense, but they are, they've raced at high levels in Europe, but not super cross. And I think no. there might be a little experience lacking there on what to do. And it's probably, we're talking about pro circuit here. We're not talking yeah. about Lewis Kawasaki. Are you starting a team? I will do if I have to. Take, if, uh, if, Chase ever, that, if Chase ever needs a ride. Do you know anybody? Okay, speaking of Chase. Haha, ha, yes, I know of him. Definitely. Yes. So, once again, proven wrong. Yes. He yes. has not responded about coming on, so we're going to run out of time, but he does know who you are. Yes. <laughs> All right. Between AC and Chase, his day has, yes. his life has been made. I yes. want to jump into, this may be a one-time wait, segment. Wait, oh, wait, Okay, go ahead. What did you wait, say wait. to him? <laughs> <laughs> are you aware of who Lewis Phillips is? He says, no way. He's a big fan. Yes. Nice. I'm not a big fan. I'm neutral, and my neutralness <laughs> spotted greatness. <laughs> like it wasn't yeah, yeah. obvious. I, I am like he he dug him out of the you know the dirt. He has nourished I him don't, I don't, and grown him to where he is now. I don't want to tap myself on the back here, but I have been He's called patting himself. He's not tapping. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. Tap, tap, tap. I have been called a mix of Roger DeCosta and Alden Baker. If, By who? I heard of me. <laughs> it's like, it's like somebody quote, like quotes who quoted <laughs> Lewis. You see the quote, Lewis Phillips is the, the greatest combination of between Roger DeCoster and Alden Baker. Quote by Lewis Phillips. I, I have the, I, that is, yes. That is, I have been called it. It may have been me, but. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Can, can we move on? Yeah, I might need a screenshot okay. of that text or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. <laughs> I'll post it on the forum. For I want to get into what maybe hey, one next, time. Next time somebody comments, oh, yes, actually this will feed right into our next yes, segment about next, the people. This may be a one-time segment. It depends on the responses that we continue to get. But the FXR, Moto, who dislikes Lewis Phillips segment? Do you have your list? I do you have the, Did you pull the YouTube comments? I, uh, no, I didn't think you did yet. Come I can on. pull them. They're quick. Well, I know you've got one. There's somebody that wants you to die. We, we, as Lewis has become part of Vital and been putting up insane amounts of content and great content. You I'll tell you that it's been average so far. I'm not happy. Oh, wow. He's never happy. I think it's great. It's, it's improving. I still need that sex and interview. We are stepping our game up. <laughs> but as we all know, Michael, you cannot make everybody happy. No matter what oh, you no. do. 
But the issue is, I have always made everyone happy. <laughs> so this you is have? a shock to me. Really? Well, I've always tried my I best. I don't know if I believe that. No, I've um, tried my best, folks. I have one right here that <laughs> I got DM'd, and it says, well, I can't find it. Uh, oh, so this came from Instagram. Who's this British F on vinyl? Mm-hmm. Michael doesn't seem pumped on him. No, I'm not pumped on Michael. But... <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was one comment from yep. a YouTube viewer that was not a fan of you, and I had to defend you and tell you how great you are. That's nah, fine. And then he's like, "Okay, maybe I misjudged." I'm not. Then. I'm not a great fan of myself either. Oh, I this can understand this it. one's the. I like this Pierce Morgan wannabe. Yes. Well, you know <laughs> what? Maybe that's a. Well, you know, you know what really pisses me off about that. It, <laughs> I don't care about the opinion, but the fact that someone actually thinks I've sat down and gone, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be like Piers Morgan. Like, what? (laughs) Jesus Christ. How how, how about this one? It's time for episode three. Yeah, that's fine. You know what? Because I Googled it earlier, and it does say that it is an English thing to not pronounce your THs fully. But I have looked into it, and I have steps in the process to eradicate eradicate this <laughs> for eradicate? the viewers <laughs> and listeners. So, I like it. Forthcoming, there will be three steps three? of improvement. <laughs> we got any more email? Who is this Lewis guy? I don't like him, and I can tell neither does my man Michael Lindsay. Get oh, rid of this guy, Michael. I'll tell your boyfriend. Uh, you can... <laughs> Your, your man, Michael, your response, <laughs> your reply, your man, Michael, has said he hates me. <laughs> and then I respond with about gushing about how I spent nearly a year trying to get here and how professional you are and everything. And your next response is, Michael is lying, Alex. He does hate me. You were right. <laughs> Well, the men, the people in the YouTube comments section. That's fine. Have you had any complaints about me from the paddock? Or the pits, sorry. We're not in Europe anymore. No, I say paddock all the time. Oh. You're good. I almost typed paddock a few times, and I was like, oh. You should. Bring a little flavor. Any teams or riders complaints? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that's they fine. They don't know who you are. No, that's <laughs> Well, one of them does. The, the, the men at the top do, Jay Sexton yeah. and Adam Z and Sorello. It's when, funny. It's when funny. I'm in that podium photo with my number one finger stood up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man. It's funny how derogatory you are to of yourself. I don't know if derogatory is not the right word, but you, you're just like, nah, nobody knows who I am. Self-deprecating. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, don't, I barely care enough to know who I am. Why would anyone else? <laughs> oh, sorry, was that a bit of a bombshell? <laughs> do, we, do we not know where to go from there? <laughs> Lewis, what about people that you don't like? Are there are there people within the, the paddock? Um, there's one person who I'm not even going to give them the justice of saying their name because they're so irrelevant that they don't even deserve to have their name said publicly because basically, you know what? They don't even get that much time. No, I like everyone. I am actually a ray of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were uh, pretty surprised when I said, Kyle Chisholm's my guy. Yeah, no, 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 because you didn't say he was my guy. You said he's the greatest of all time. You did say that. And that is clearly Chase Sexton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. He's my greatest of all time. (laughs) Next, what's your next question? (laughs) Um... What's your next question? Let's, let's move on to... <laughs> oh, here's one. I wish I was as smart as Phillips. Wow, his mind is 100% of the ball. Darkseid better step his game up. Concerning yeah, that he thinks my fair. name is Phillips, but, you know, <laughs> clearly <laughs> a big <laughs> Phillips? Oh, no, here's one against me. Lewis should have done this solo or with Guida, a.k.a. get me the hell out of the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agreed with that. 
<laughs> that was actually me. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Shocking. I, no, I will say on this. A bombshell. I feel like I've got to say this a few times. Okay. Because I probably will say it on pulp as well because I need to. I feel feel like on where I on pulp. What? Pulp. Pulp. Hmm? pulp. What is that? Pulp. Uh, it's fine. Eh. I'm familiar with it. We're okay, tight. I have never heard of it. Um, <laughs> um, I feel as though the sarcasm and dry humor is not going to be fully recognized and it will come to bite me in the ass at some point oh it will. so i'm trying to get ahead of the game and publicly state that there is like for instance this is just a european thing like for instance i tell everyone the way i became so tight with hurlings is he finished 2-2 at a gp i walked up to him with my microphone and my first question was wow that was shit i don't even know why i'm talking to you you finished second what a loser and he loved it <laughs> and ever since then we've been tight because he's like ah funny so that is I, i'm not going to try that be that aggressive with the strategy you should um but no um if you ever think that like because someone on the youtube comments said that i was being very um weird or something and it was just dry humor or sarcasm so if you ever think oh look that's weird from lewis go ah hang on he's being sarcastic like when i said mr jamie earlier something about the quality of his work i can't remember i just remember it being funny yeah, it wasn't that funny of a comment i was funny i laughed a lot <laughs> well let's let's talk about the fact that you've been hired to come over here to vital you have a lot of ideas a lot of plans you brought sean uh your videographer who if you guys look at all the stuff going up, so, there's so much. That, that's the thing people are missing. You got, you got Lewis Phillips here. That's the face guy, but the guy who's finally over there, not having to work on me and Lewis's talking face for once in his freaking poor three weeks or whatever. Yeah. He's been here. Who gets the credit for that though? Who present, who, who, who presented him on the plate, on the platter? I remember getting a message that basically said you wouldn't come unless I took I did have my demands, yes. You did. After you had already accepted a job <laughs> offer, you came back and said, well, I have another condition. Well, I just... I, I, I didn't know that was an option. I have another condition. I'd be quiet, you. <laughs> Silly season was intense. It was. <laughs> well worth it. Well, well the, worth it. The, clearly. The graphics and the, all the thumbnails that have clearly been improving, that's all Sean. Sean's killing it. Uh, maybe the stuff we're doing is kind of mediocre, but he's making it look like the the uh, poster, the review show you guys did the other day, the blue screen stuff in the background, mind blowing. Like I, I just I can't believe I'm on the Moto X Pod show. That's my step forward in life. But <laughs> <laughs> See, actually, wait, oh, hold on. This is a good, good example. Because you could have said I took a step back. That was good. <laughs> Thanks. Sarcasm. See, that was sarcasm, everyone. Uh, we'll get that. No, we'll get that. Lewis, what are your plans? What do you want to no. see happen at Vital MX? What are your goals? Because you just said you're not happy with the stuff you've been doing, no. but it's been fantastic. Um, first and foremost, I think that we are going to make our front of house, our window, the shop window. We're going to get the shop window a bit organized. So the Instagram, thumbnails, like you say, Twitter, Facebook, all the shop window is going to be all nice. Um. And then we're just going to smash out as much content as possible. Like I did a stats thing last night that, to be honest, I hate. And I haven't even posted it on social media, vital social media. He hates it, but it has like 10 comments about um, how great it yeah, is. But it, I know it could have been better. It. I know it. Like, and It can always it be, be better. It has to be tough living like that. And to be honest, I would have, to be honest, if I'd known Oakland would have been cancelled, I would have saved it back a day and put more effort into it. But I was kind of thinking that time was ticking. But I just want vital to scream quality. That's all yes. I care about. That's yeah. all I care about. I don't actually care about anything else other than that. Um, because that is all that matters. And I know that that is all that matters because that's what everyone told me when they found yeah. out um, of my situation. Yeah. Uh, I also I, want to thank one of our other sponsors, Prox. You said it right. 
I, I did. We talked about it. Did I, you I, know that on the Prox website, there is a parts finder? Model, make, and year. You put in your motorcycle, no matter what it is, and it pops up with every Prox part available. Um, and there's a lot you. of them. And there are so many of them. And not only are they the best quality, but they are also the best price. So, and also, as if that isn't enough, um, as if that isn't enough, if you are not mechanically inclined like myself, it's almost like a little go-to guide of what your bike needs because there's stuff on there that I've never heard of, but clearly my bike needs it. <laughs> um, but anyway, as you were. That's awesome. I don't even feel like I need to read the commercial now because you just No, I, re- I remember my read from last year. <laughs> yeah. well, Prox rooted in racing for motocross to off-road supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki and Pro Yamaha and SLR Honda. Pro- Prox has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. Is that okay? That year is okay? 1975? Yeah, that sounds more okay. realistic than 1853. <laughs> From complex jobs like engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. Prox has thousands of part numbers covering almost any wear item on your bike, all manufactured by OEM and highly reputable suppliers and offered at a budget-friendly price. I like that. Find Prox at your favorite local dealer or online retailer. Visit prox-usa.com to search parts for your bike and follow Prox Racing Parts on social media to stay up to date on their latest products for 2023. Two more things to talk about. I want to do the 6D helmets, 450 picks for next race is San, or is Oakland. Technically was going to be Oakland. Things may change before next week. So let's go with what your picks would have been for Oakland Lewis for the t- 450. What are we saying? Oakland theoretically it would have been wet. If it had been wet, if we yeah, were we, still like what we thought we yep, were going yep, into. Yep. Okay. You've kind of thrown that on complete jet ski. Um, well, first place, Hold Robbie, on, Robbie Madison thinking, with his jet his I'm ski thinking bike. First place would have been Sexton by about thirty seconds. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> second, um, second, I I don't know. It's hard. It's hard when it's a mudder. It's a. It's hard when it's a mudder. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's hard when it's. Is a it really mudder. hard? <laughs> Can you quit saying it's hard when it's, it's a mudder? So hard. Um, it's hard when it's. Oof. So hard. I don't think this is the kind of show. It's hard. It's hard. It's not made for kids. I checked that box okay, good, already. Good. <laughs> it's um. If you want me to give you okay, Sexton Tomac, Sexton Tomac Webb, because I'm not actually convinced of Anderson at the moment. I'm shaky. Okay, ML Sexton Webb Plessinger. All right, I went Sexton Eli, and I I jumped on Dylan. That sounded kind of wrong. Yeah, I did. As soon as I said it, I was. <laughs> wait, wait, who did you have first? Sexton. <laughs> Lovely. Wow, across the board. He's really steering the ship. He <laughs> yes, is steering yes. us all along with him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, we're like, no, he's out there on the ocean. We're like the little lifeboats he picked up along the way to bring with him. I'm the Capitan. <laughs> the Capitan. I'm going to get you a captain's hat now. No, oh, I, just see the, I just see the potential. And you know who I also see the potential in? Coincidentally, <laughs> AC. I mean, it's real coincidence. Um, no, but his segment times from the weekend continue to make me very happy. That blew my mind when you brought those up. Like, not that I know he rode good, but, but there was certain, like, watching him on track, I was like, oh, he's decent. But the segment he was fastest in was 0.581. And do you want to know what's most important? Um, I looked into the actual segments. Segment one was, okay, you're going to have to, I don't know my baseball stadium terminology, yeah. from the finish line to the turn when sex, where Sexton, all oh, comes back to Sexton, Sexton <laughs> passed Stewart, that turn, that's segment one, a massive part of the track. Segment two was only that following rhythm section, so one straight, and then segment three was the rest. 
and AC was fastest in segment one and three, which was basically 90% of the track because it was the track excluding <laughs> one straight. So he was just terrible in the rhythm lane. Um, well, he was 15th. He had the 15th fastest time in the rhythm lane. Wow. one fifteen one. I was thinking this might be a quite a fun idea. You know how you do moto scores outdoors? Yeah. If you add up everyone's segment times in the fashion of moto scores mm-hmm. and then come up with an overall winner, because like <clears throat> AC's one fifteen one would not be the overall winner. Like it'll probably be someone who was super uh, consistent, like AP, who was like seven four three or something. You know, it'd be a fun one for a feature. Um, it's a, a cross box feature is like a theoretical. You can do the theoretical lap where you take the best segments and put them together. You could do that with uh, the guys and see what based on what you basically see as possible where the track has three or four segments is take if Tomac's the best in segment one, take that, take whoever's best in segment two, blah, 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 put it together and see what the theoretical fastest lap time is. You lost oh, me. I see what you're saying. You lost me when you said Tomac would be fastest <coughs> in segment one. I was just using, sorry, hold on. Chase Sexton. Yes. Okay, now sorry. it seems a bit more like a realistic okay, idea. Okay, now he understands. <laughs> he can he can understand the, the segment. The problem is, is he would just, it would be all Chase Sexton in his mind. Um, right. Maybe splashing a little bit of AC. No, I'm having fun. I'm, we're having fun. That's what we're doing. We're having fun. We are having fun. I'm, I'm joking. Well, before we wrap this up, <laughs> I want to thank Racetech, Boyson, X-Brand, Guts Racing, FXR Moto, 6D Helmets, WUSA, Luxon, Prox, Motul, and you guys for sitting in studio. Motul, we- discovered by Adam and Eve in year... <laughs> 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 that's a, that's a, around the same time that Michelin bicycle or Michelin tires were invented in 1800. Yeah. So maybe they came up together. Well, you learn something. I, I have day. I have someone to thank. Okay, all you guys for being here. Yeah. Well, no, I I was laughing. Uh, so I had a I kept having I can't remember if any of you guys around me. I kept having a couple people come up to me at the races, just like gushing about the the site and stuff. And I had a lot of that out years like outdoors last year. I made a lot of changes to the site, and people used to come up to me and just be like. They would just name it like, oh, you're doing such a great job. I love it. And I would always jump back to, ah, oh, thank, thank Brad for letting me gut the place and do what I want. Like, thank somebody else. Like, I'm just working. It is what it is. And people kept coming up to me this week and talking about everything. I'm like, well, go thank Lewis. Go thank Sean. Like, go thank uh, Darkside. Go thank everybody. Like, I'm just here, flowing around. It is what it is. I, I'm really thankful you're all here. So, yeah, and that's my, my little moment. Well, I appreciate you having me here and hiring me and giving me an opportunity and Lewis is uh, definitely going to have to make me step up my game because it's pretty impressive what you two guys do and the hours you put in, the time you put in, and the knowledge you have. It's going to be hard to even try to match or even catch up to, let alone match. So, uh, yeah, Lewis. You, you just have to give up the rest of your life like we do. Uh, I mean, I, I've been kind of focusing on tomorrow night, that part of my life, the date night. That's that's a, I just can't give everything up. I can't. So I give probably won't. You up. Never going to let you. Lewis. Yes, hello. It, it wasn't perfect. We had some technical issues. I had some flubs, but what was your opinion of the first Moto X Pod show you've been aware of? Hmm. I am not sure if I am contractually obligated oh, to return. <laughs> but I will be checking said contract, and that will depend on whether you see me next week. <laughs> well, I appreciate all the sponsors. And on that bombshell. Yeah. That is a wrap on episode 254. <laughs>